Hi everyone and welcome to Jaws is Shite and Other Regrettable Outbursts. I am one of your four sexy hosts for this, our six episodes, six episodes. And we got this one in just like Indiana Jones grabbing his hat before the door comes down right at the last, the very last day of the month. And trust me, it's not because we've been lazy. I want to shoot down some internet rumours, some people calling us lazy cunts in the chat room. We'll be having none of that. We are very busy people with very, very, very busy lives that come together once a month to socialise, drink and generally listen to Baz tell us some of the most obnoxious and at the same times like tear inducing stories that you've ever heard in your entire life. Speaking of the man, let's get to him. He is uh, one of the co-hosts on this show. He is goddamn sexy. He might be old, but trust me, if you say that to his face, he will fucking glass you. He will glass you. He is the man, he is the myth, he is the legend. The Baz, how's it going? I'm sure day, cunts. <laughs> <laughs> don't ever fucking call me old, don't No. Just don't, man. No. You've put me through a lot in my life, and I will take it all, but do not call me old. <laughs> <laughs> interestingly enough I was listening back in the last week I was listening back to an old podcast under the stairs episode um, which was you reviewing Late Mungo and that's, oh, yeah. that's the episode that you reviewed Late Mungo and Irreversible on the same like the same week and I, I, I realise now that you'd only been watching horror movies for like 18 months when I put you through that and I apologise now <laughs> here watch this movie with the worst week. yeah watch this movie with the worst rape scene you will ever see that will haunt you forever um, my favourite yeah. thing that come out of that is the fact that you made your wife leave a party early after watching that movie so you could personally drive her home <laughs> I caused that oh true she still oh, manages she still manages so she did she did and I still refuse to buy, buy the blu-ray of that film because I do not need to see any more detail <laughs> No, 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 thank you. No, thank you. I do not need to see rivulets of semen <laughs> in an underweight fucking passage. An I do not. Passage. Yeah. Who did it happen? In an underweight passage. What? <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what's going on. Right, joining us from what can only be described as a makeshift bunker somewhere in the world. Um, I, I get the feeling that maybe he's on the lam at the moment and uh, he's... he's uh, his location will be undisclosed for the foreseeable future. He has long flowing locks and no broken bones for this recording, so that's two plus points. He's, of course, the young, sexy, roguish-looking bastard, Liam Rafferty. How are you doing? I'm all right, but now that you've pointed it out, it does actually look like I'm hiding out in a cabin <laughs> or a cave somewhere. Yep. Listen, I'm sure that I saw photographs of Colonel Gaddafi just before he got that gun shoved up his ass <laughs> from a similar location. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like he's gonna find me in a random park in Glasgow in a hole, just like Saddam Hussein that I've dug for myself. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me. Liam's little picture in the four tiles of us in the, the Google Hangout looks exactly like what I think the dark net would look like. <laughs> it's like a pictorial representation of the dark net. He's, he's, um, he's recording with us on one screen and on the second screen he's buying young children. So, yeah, <laughs> the dark and guns. And guns. Not necessarily in that order. Um I can't believe you said the phrase rivulets is semen yeah. before introducing us. Yeah. And now this. Yeah. Yeah. So, excellent. I'm so glad to be here. This is <laughs> my favourite time of the month. But my, uh, <laughs> my, my uh, belief is that if anyone can get through the first five minutes, then they're in for life. That's, you know, like, yeah, they will true. listen to the rest of this episode. Um, Rimden is out here. Uh, the, the fourth point on this very sexy square. Um, is uh, he's a rugged, handsome, tall, cowboy-looking motherfucker. Um, and trust me when I say he is potent, because we discussed it on the last episode, he is the rather delectable and often entertaining big Scott McKenzie. How are you doing? I'm not bad. How are you? I'm well, I'm well. Uh, Good. Yeah, we're all back in clean. After, after that, yeah, no, after the, uh, the rivulets of semen and the uh, whatever... <laughs> Terrorism and child pornography stuff that Liam was up to. I think uh, I'm just going to keep it, keep it uh, calm to begin with. You know, that's usually the best way to do it. That way, Baz doesn't really, really bring in the thunder the night, Scotty boy. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a long three days at work. Yeah, sometimes it's good not to give Baz any ammunition um, because he will, he will lock on it. Let's start in a way that we try to do. Sometimes I forget at the start by working with our way around us, finding out what everyone is drinking tonight, Baz. What is uh, wet in your bristle tonight, my friend? Uh, I am having a very pleasant love affair with German lager at the moment, uh, thanks to my mate Shed Stu. And he introduced me to Steinhauser, which is Wait, basically... Is, uh, it, it, sorry, does he live in the shed? No, no. Him and his wife bought a lovely new build house, mm-hmm. but he built this amazing shed and during lockdown... He basically turned it into an illegal drinking den for me and him. Yeah, that's incredible. For which I will always be indebted. Is that way you... internet access the whole fucking shit? If you've ever seen um, those those like images of what Prohibition America looked like with people having those speakeasies, that's kind of what it looks like in the photos I've seen. Yeah, the Jane sounds incredible. It was just you thumbed over and said shed stew. And I thought, <laughs> does he actually have a guy just living in his shed that recommends beer? Because that's incredible. <laughs> and how do you how do you get one of these guys? It's like it's like the, it's like the end of Shaun of the Dead where he goes out to the hut and fucking fucking know that. I can't think of a single German beer, but he's just a barking German beer names at you, chains <laughs> to the shed. Yeah. <laughs> Accommodation prices are through the roof these days. You need to take whatever room you can get. I'm sure, the rent's only about three hundred pounds per calendar month. But you probably do a deal as well. I am. Um, no, I jerk my thumb. He lives not too far from me in that general direction. The so general direction of your shed. <laughs> anyway, I'm drinking Steinhauser. Steinhauser. Very right. Four pounds sixty for six of the cunts. That's pretty good, and it's genuinely very nice. Steinhauser. And I how much I like German beer. Yeah, Steinhauser does sound like the name of a German private detective show that comes on weekly. 
This week, Steinhauser will solve the case of the missing Führer. That's right. Where is he missing? Is he still alive? He's with the Elvis. He's with the Elvis. None of them died. In the shed. Yeah, in the shed. In, <laughs> in Bazzy's shed. Um, I just love this and idea, Baz. he will make powerful love to this hairy woman. Please, <laughs> <laughs> powerful love upset me in some way. I don't know why. <laughs> Everything's wrong now. Everything's wrong. We brought on ourselves. We brought on ourselves. Liam, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, Magnus and Einbrew. So not nothing exciting. Yeah, yeah I thought about that. What are you yawning at? Oh, no, not mixed. Separate cans. I might look like I'm in prison, but I might fucking drink like I'm in prison. Just mix everything into one jug and just hope for the best. <laughs> in your toilet. <laughs> okay. uh, Scott, what are you on tonight? I have went to the Netherlands uh, and I had Heineken. Heineken, a wee Heine. Very easily commercially available. It's what there it's was a sale in the Tex- Tesco Express that's near my house. There we go. Huh? We need nice. sponsorship. We need more exciting drinks. So Any... we need cocktail companies and shit to come and give us like fucking frozen mojitos and stuff. Oh, I would like that. Like... Mate, like... I've been trying to get a free bottle of ginger wine out of Krabby's for about the past seven years on these fucking podcasts, and I have had not one lickety fucking split of one of them. So... <laughs> I mean, <laughs> in, fairness, in, in fairness, I don't think we ever actually tagged them in anything, which I think might have been a feeling in our hands that they. Untrue. Need... I tagged them about umpteen fucking times on our Instagram account. And I, get, I never even get a like out the stuck-up fucking pricks. So, um, no. Unlikely to come now. I basically blew them. I had people in America trying yeah. to find where you can buy Krabby's Green Ginger Wine in fucking Florida and stuff like that. It's, it's a true story. They send me a bottle and then they change the recipe. Yeah, it's a true story. Baz had at least... One person buy a bottle of it and their sales went up twofold. Um, so <laughs> I'm on a double joker IPA, uh, which is a Scottish beer, so brewed in Alawa, I think, which is never a good sign because Alawa's scummy. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm on. I like the can, that's the only reason I picked up. And I'm also drinking before I get the piss ripped hard out me from Baz. I, I have. Passion fruit vodka and um, a, a kind of tropical juice with it tonight. That sounds wow. fucking amazing. It's lovely, by the way. It's fucking the tits. But Baz, look at his face. That. Look at his face, man. He's like literally sitting there just thinking, oh, fuck. That sounds like a beach hoedown in your mouth. I am so oh. there for that drink. Oh, does that sound salty and sandy, Liam? I, yeah, don't, know that. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> I was about to tell you on Aloha's fine beer-making traditions. Oh. Younger's tart and special and all these things. And then, now I don't know whether to do that or slag you off for having a vagina. <laughs> Why would you slag me off for having a vagina, Baz? I thought you were all about the vagina. I am, but not with your <laughs> not with my Not with my physique. My moves Fizzog. don't do it for you anymore. Huh? Fizzog! It's an old word, as old folks used to say, for your face. What, what, I, what I love about that is you thought that I would understand it by shouting it three times. <laughs> like, you're, like you're conjuring Beetlejuice or some shit like that. Oh, aye, that word, Baz, which no one speaks anymore. Um, I'm, I'm so glad you shouted that at me. Um, it's, it's worth saying, I did, I did link it, well, I did kind of make a, a kind of link to this at the start here. No injuries from the, the, the skateboard arena, Liam? No, none at all, which is... Uh, well, not that's not true. <laughs> uh, 
My kid at the bottom of my back, my left bum cheek, and my thigh like feel like they've been on fire for about a week and a half. But you had, you had that, bum cheeks or whatever. <laughs> it's just there's obviously like a muscle or a nerve or something runs through here, and it's not good just now. But apart from that, my heart rate, my resting heart rate went to 38 for like a week and a half. So we're worried about that, but the doctor's not worried. But I'm worried, so I get put up in the loft just in case anything happens. So that what? Why you're in the loft in case something happens, just so what nobody knows. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not. I, I'm actually not in the loft because something happens. I'm in the loft for other reasons. Yeah. <laughs> I was only kidding. On. However, I think I might be dying. But all on that, the skating's going all right. A low resting heart rate is good. It's good. It's usually a sign of athleticism. It's good if you're athletic. Would you, any of you describe me if you had forty once to describe me? Would any of you describe me as athletic? Well, I would no. probably use about thirty-seven or thirty-eight just to describe your trousers, son. So <laughs> probably not. Tight, sexy, fashionable. I hate of its time. <laughs> Figure hugging. Spray on. Uh, I wear baggy so jeans now. See through. I wear baggy, baggy jeans now for kick flips. Yep. Uh-huh. You ever see those those uh, videos with the lassies like paint on the jeans and paint on the tops and that, but they're like fully stark naked and they're yes. walking up the street and that? Yeah. That's Liam. Yeah. <laughs> you see him for the back, you think, oh, these jeans are tight for the front, it's just fucking... <laughs> <laughs> and that is the only time that my penis will ever be described as... <laughs> <laughs> on a podcast. <laughs> for some reason, you actually made it sound quite ghastly and I don't understand how you did that with like three raspy rules. <laughs> It's a, it's a gift. It really is a Trying gift. Trying to steer us back on <laughs> Why your broken bones and all that healed me? Uh, well, right. So here we go. That's my normal hand. Yeah. Uh-huh. My normal hand. That's my left hand. So that's the space between my pinky and the finger next to it. Yeah. And that oh, hand. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck! So that's Is that just set like that. Yeah. So that's oh. like I can't. I'm not like doing it like that. It's genuinely just. Just happening. Oh my god! You look so, like the flipper boy from that <laughs> circus season, of American Horror Show. Yeah, see if we ever have a drought. See if we just take these two fires away. I'll find water. Just be these two. <laughs> water, <laughs> fucking well, man. <laughs> but yeah, it's obviously because I didn't like stop working and shit. I don't think it's healed right, and it's obviously no, it's not healed right. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's so it's far, just right? totally designed for the shocker. Yes, <laughs> your wife's married life is just going to be a whirlwind <laughs> uh, and then there's still there's something in my arm that keeps tingling so I think there's <laughs> there's still damage in there but I am very close to landing heel flips so <laughs> totally worth it's it. all worth it totally worth totally it, worth it. Totally what worth about it. you Scott is yours sealed up now uh, I kind of <laughs> <laughs> How's that then? Like every now and again, when I try and stretch my arms, I can still feel as if like it's not properly connected at the elbow. And when I carry like big heavy bags of shopping that, I'm like, oh, this might snap. Uh, and then but it's been all right up to now. So you know, it's also not healed emotionally for how embarrassed he was for how long my time he was on the board before oh, he died yeah <laughs> but the, the the trick i was attempting was like well 
way high, above high your skill level. Yeah. <laughs> Next level shit. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen, I seen some of the boys at the Olympics doing that trick. <laughs> uh, well, I was about to say Olympic sport now, so you guys are yeah. ahead of the curve. I will say, Scott, like I don't, I don't know if this has ever been described to you, but like, see, like, like babies, are, there's a lot of lifting, and it's not just lifting the babies; it's the car seats that are heavy as fuck, all the bags you have to do, and all the rest. You better fix that. <laughs> well, this is this is a good thing because obviously I'm in a a, a partnership, so lawn can lift things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the quality, you know that. Yeah. Um, to, to reinforce what Duncan's saying, though, I mean, it, it, there is a, a lot of lifting, and then there's the whole not dropping them thing as well. Yeah. Like, you're like, I, I mean, I, I, I'm saying that if your arm snaps and the baby falls, then you can say, "I want my arm snap," but society won't look at it that way. <laughs> They'll say, "How did you get it?" Or being irresponsible on a skateboard. I, I don't know, man. It would. Right. I wouldn't forgive a lot of things, but if you told me a guy dropped a baby, but he also knew how to ollie up onto a ramp, I'd be like, that's fair enough. The baby probably deserved it. Can the guy kickflip? Tell me more of this, man. <laughs> so, oh. I don't know. All right, let's let's say, let's say let's transition from, from this into... Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm genuinely curious because the last couple of recordings we found out that Baz... I like to think he's finger on the pulse he's a guy I usually go to when I need something described but I've, what I've found out is like Baz is on like a delay with pop culture on the internet um, so can I ask you Baz what is it that you've learned in the last month I have learned a number of things in the past <laughs> month don't um, <laughs> right the, the first one isn't a pop culture thing but I, I basically learned that when it comes to gun control, right, mm-hmm. the Yanks have got it totally right, man. Uh-uh. They really have. For father, We've had Father's Day since the last recording, uh-huh. and uh, my kids got me a new power drill, this Japanese bastard, and for about three days I was just walking about holding it. The sensation of holding it in your hand <laughs> is fucking erotic. And I swear to God, if I could have loaded that thing, I would have probably killed my whole fucking family. <laughs> Honestly, it, it was unbelievable. And I just, I, I, I just thank the tiny baby Jesus we have gun control in this country. Because I, I would have fucking hundreds of them, man. You know what I mean? Oh, I would be one of these fucking weird-looking guys that just dresses in the same clothes every single day and doesn't he wash because he can't afford new clothes and soap because he's just buying hundreds of guns. <laughs> I, yeah, I can understand that. Honestly, it was primal. <laughs> fucking primal. Oh. Have you drilled in? Oh, aye. Everything. Oh, aye. Everything. Have right. you just used it as an imaginary gun? No, <laughs> no, no. no. Just... The laminate floor is literally full of holes. <laughs> well, yeah. He's been using it for absolutely everything. I think I think the tyre might be going flat. I'll fix this. Mm, it is. It is. It's flat. Um, <laughs> my daughter as well, she bought me the, the match and set of drill bits to go with it, and it's got one of those big 
circular saw bits that can cut out holes like your size. I literally thought you were going to say... Wheel. See the way he held his hands up there? I thought you were going to say I had like a flashlight attachment or something. I was like, yeah, now we're talking buzz. But why did you stop by it? I wouldn't be surprised if there is one, by the way. Oh, there will be. <laughs> yeah, but to, to get uh, back to the, the, the sexy man stuff, not the sexual, not the sexual man stuff, the sexy man stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. See one of those circular attachments for a, for a drill that drills a hole? I want one of them. Yeah. I'd love to just, just put me circles and stuff. Honestly. I've got a couple of things that I need to put circles in. Uh, well, what frightens me a little bit is it reminds me of the implement that they used in From Hell to give the wee bird the lobotomy. Yep. Yeah. Can kind of see that coming at some point, you know what I mean? That'd be a great just concept for a TV program. Just Scott going around putting glory holes on everything that he sees. Oh, like, so I just, just, no, I was going to Dude, like, you were like, like that. I need to put some holes, holes in some things. I, I need to put, put some holes in things. Circle and then just sit candid camera and just watch and see if MD comes along and fucks it. Yeah. Because you'd be surprised. How long it takes like, for someone to put a willy through it. Yeah. yeah. Just straight away, man. Just <laughs> like basically bars following you around about three minutes behind you everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow we've right. managed to ca- catch this unsuspected person seven times sticking his penis through holes at Scott's build. <laughs> Imagine how sinister that would be just like at one and a half speed in black and white, like a silent movie. And it's just like the child catcher character just putting his dicks in holes at Scott's drilled. I would buy the Criterion release of I mean, I every would, single one of them. I would be worried if when the penis was going through, you had, hello, children. <laughs> yeah, that would terrify no, that me. Would just be slightly around. <laughs> my, my biggest worry in life is that somebody puts a glory hole in the wall of the police station. <laughs> I'll just be standing inside like, oh, God. Well, uh, <laughs> I really fucking shouldn't. This is only going to end badly. Fuck it! <laughs> um, <laughs> right, so we've had the gun thing. Yeah. We, we veered into glory holes briefly there. Inevitable, to be honest. To go um, hand in hand. I yeah. found out about this thing the day, man. Uh-uh. I had to screenshot it. Uh-uh. <laughs> what I found out about was something called the endangered pink underwing moth caterpillar. Uh, I don't know right? That's a myth. It lives in the Currumbin Valley in the Gold Coast. Oh. What I learnt from this is we need to launch nuclear strikes at Australia right now. <laughs> I mean, it is a continent that I despise. Right. I, I mean, you like their movies. It. You like their movies. I like their films. Yes, but that's they it. They need to move their film industry out of Australia. <laughs> but other than that, the films are very good. But, I mean, this thing... It, I can't even... It, it's like it's painted its face to look like a cannibal. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to hold this up to the screen. I'm hoping I can see it. And see if you can... Oh, I bet you can see it. Oh, holy look shit. Look at that! Look at it! <laughs> I'm sorry, I was expecting, like, he had painted his face exactly like Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> Just... Oh, Hannibal, cannibal. Cannibal, <laughs> look at it! Is that, that is that? quite terrifying. Oh, honest to Christ, nearly shat myself when I saw it. <laughs> right, so we don't like that. Right. <laughs> However, 
the third most important thing that I learned about today, and this is a little bit of pop culture, although I don't know if you'll have heard of this fella. Oh, right, go for it. What I, what I learned was that uh, Christians cannot pop and lock. You know the dancing? I do know the dancing, but... And, and do you I mean, want to know why? In, like, religious people are Christians as in men named Christian. No. <laughs> The religious Either people. Just ridiculous. How this this okay. okay. This okay. guy's name is Mike. Sorry. sorry if your name's Christian. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry if your name's Christian or not. Good bastard. I came across this wee character on the fucking internet. How I don't know, but I did. His name is Mike Servin. All right. Right. And uh, but he goes by the, the the internet name of Servin Mike. So he's basically like just fucking switched his names around, right? But <laughs> witty, yeah. The, the, the little twist in it is that he's serving our Lord Jesus Christ. Right. I hate this guy already, right? Mm. But the twist is, he's basically a cholo gangbanger, <laughs> or was. Oh, he's got like face tats and all that. I also think he might be a hunchback. <laughs> <laughs> Is this why he can't pop and lock? Because he's got a hunch. Well, he, he, he runs about, right? And I'm going to see if I can play this through the mic. I mean, you need to fucking hear this little shit. <laughs> right, hold on. Right, I'm trying to find a good one. And I need to turn the fucking volume up a bit, I think. We love you, God, Jesus Christ. Let me rephrase that. Did you hear that? Is he English? Yes. He sounds like he's, a gangster. No, he's like Hispanic. He was like, Jesus Christ! I thought he was English. He sounded like uh, a... He's like always a sounded, he yeah, sounded yeah. like a character from like a Guy Ritchie movie or something. Yeah. Jesus Christ! I love you, God! Jesus Christ! Right, it translates as Jesus Christ. I love you, God. Jesus Christ. And he pops and locks as he's doing it. <laughs> He looks like he's got spina bifida. It's horrendous. Dude, like, we need to get a gif made, an animated gif of Baz doing that pop and lock thing, because that is my favourite thing I've ever seen. <laughs> exact, I'm going to see if I can get a louder one. Uh, look, a little like Baz trying to swat away a wasp. He was like... <laughs> I know this is an audio podcast. This uh, is it dreadful, really is. I, I'm loving the day of it. Jesus Christ! Anyway, look him up. Serving Mike 20. What a fucking prick. <laughs> I think he Wait, claims... is it just, just because he loves Jesus? No, I think he claims to be like a reformed gangster. He's got like face tats and all that. And he's got one of those uh, snapbacks with the big bent up brim and it says, Jesus Christ! Oh, no, 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 no. I so badly want this guy to deliver Liam ice cream. And and just he's... Oh, Jesus. Oh, no, man. Oh. And he pops and locks in the street. Like, Jesus Christ! I <laughs> God, I, mean, I don't mind Jesus, folk. I had somebody on the phone the day from my mother's church. Genuinely, I don't know how she was, so we can let the rest of the, the congregation and all that know they do good things. Do you know what I mean? It's no bad bag anymore, but they do good things. But this little shit, I, I, honestly, God, Satan needs to do a drive-by on this <laughs> character <laughs> off a calf in his ass. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I nearly said something wild. <laughs> I, I, I could see, I could see you the saying it. Even I caught myself on shit. <laughs> you, you, I literally saw the cog like turn one step Ooh. to say, no, we're not doing that. No, no, no. Like, Duncan sometimes doesn't edit these shows. Um, let's not say that then. 
And then there's one particular film of him. He's at like some revival thing. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he's just potlocking all over the place and <laughs> just flipping about like he's got a salmon with spina bifida. Right? <laughs> and then the other guy's just. He seems to think he's stopped and then he busts out another couple of verses in his latest rap. You know what I mean? Oh, it's fucking wild. And we're 100% that the guy doesn't actually have spinal bifida before yeah. we start sending people to laugh at him. No, because as I say, he does look a bit weird. <laughs> his legs go off any directions. And in some of them, he has like a leather cut, you know, like a biker's cut. You know, yes. like a little jet yeah, yeah. thing. Aye. And on the back, it's got like soldiers for Christ or something, a big thing. <laughs> I'm like, I hope the fucking Hell's Angels skin you alive, son. You know how how I mean? did you come across this guy? That's a good, I remember. Literally going to be my next question is how, <laughs> like, what tangent do you go down where you find seven? I think it was, you know, the bit in your Instagram where it just shows you random stuff and things you might be interested in. Yeah. Right. And, and I quite like, there's a great Instagram account called the Outlaw Archive. It's a guy who has collected like Hell's Angels cuts and straight Satan's cuts and all these kind of things, right? And he just goes, He's starting a museum on the outlaw biker culture right. in the West Coast of America, right? And he just gets like 40 death threats a day from various fucking biker gangs because you're not supposed to have all this stuff. It's supposed, you know, they're a bit anal about it. And um, so I follow him. And don't I think get, don't, this... don't get them on our case. Like, the last thing I want is like us now getting like 40 emails because you called them anal. We've only really got the Blue Angels in this country. It's true, it's true. Yeah, to, be o- to be honest, soap would scare them off. <laughs> Scott's, Scott's about to link something here. What are you linking here, Scott? Yeah, the time that I upset some Blue Angels going into the cat house one time. I knew and, you were uh, going to see the cat house, man. This is because of fucking Sons of Anarchy and they suddenly all start turning up in nightclubs no, with a fucking gear on. This, 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 this was a while ago. This was... This was this was a while a while a while ago before Sons of Anarchy, and uh, so I was young. But I'm a you know I'm a pussy when I'm out. Right, I don't I'm, I'm shit feet for everyone. So I was standing, we're heading in, and I've got so on the back of my my arm tattoo, I've got Angel written in this this arm, right? And I was in a tattoo studio at one point, and the boy had asked me, he says, "Have you got blue on the other side?" And this boy, I was like, "Fucking what? I don't know why. Why are you getting blue on the other side? I just got Angel. That's all it is." Figured out later, he was asking, that's like Blue Angels on the back of your arms. And he's like, I was like, right, okay, cool. And then heading at the cat house, I was at somebody else was asking me. And I was like, I, I get asked once if I was in the Blue Angels, try to act like a hard man. And then the last thing in front of me goes, turns around and goes, my boyfriend's in the Blue Angels. And he's these <laughs> fucking big guys. And I was like, oh my God, my arse fell right out. I just was like, oh shit. <laughs> like, your fires go cold. You're like, oh no. <laughs> uh, actually, yeah, like, actually this, the, the angel is uh, is dedicated to David Boreanaz and his portrayal <laughs> of like, Angel the character. Like, that's from actually Bo- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Scott. Fuck okay. off. Dude's a Buffy tattoo! Dude, there's my Buffy tattoo right there. Aye, yeah, yeah. listen, we, we're fucking, we're men. We're men. We'll never be in a biker gang, but we're men. <laughs> yeah, there's mine there. Wow. I'm a gentleman on me. Oh my god. What? There's right. a difference anyway. between a gentleman and Angel's name. Well, yeah, I didn't, I, I purposely did it in such a way that you would have had to have seen the episode to understand the reference. Um, I didn't like just have the name of the character. Like, so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like it though. I, I like the fact you did that. Dedication to the cause, man. Dedication to the oh, cause. Me. I, my, my story just said shite me. 
basically because of all of that biker museum thing, I think this wee guy flagged up on that because he wears this wee biker jacket like thing. And I, I was like, it was one of the ones who was pot locking in the studio. Jesus Christ! I'm like, what is that? What is that guy saying? What's wrong with that wee guy? And then I pure get a little upset and down the rabbit hole, found out he was a Jesus guy. Fucking mental. Check him out. Serving Mike 20. Serving Mike 20. Check him out. Let Baz know what you make of Serving Mike. And um, and alternatively, if you do know a Christian that can pop and lock, send me a video. We need video evidence because yeah. at the moment we only know Jesus. one that can't, so none of them can. Ah, and as far, so as far as I'm concerned, as a creed, they are unable to pop <laughs> yeah. and lock. But the burden of proof is on them, Baz. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, 100%. absolutely. I, th- I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Uh, right, let's let's swing it to news stories. I'll kick us off first. Um, I'm, I feel like I'm just like I started. I think the first one I read it was from the Guardian, and now reading a story from Lad Bible. That's how far I fucking dropped. <laughs> um, the headline of this one is: Man suffers life-threatening stroke after ejaculating during masturbation. Okay, <laughs> look at that. <laughs> <laughs> a single man you've got my attention now donkey boy a single man 51 nearly masturbated himself to death after suffering a stroke soon after ejaculating I can't stop laughing I can't stop laughing uh, according to a medical case report published earlier this year in the Journal of Stroke and Cerebral Vascular Diseases, the 51-year-old Japanese man was said to have been in the habit of pleasuring himself multiple times a day. At 51 as well, good going. Uh, unfortunately, he suffered uh, a sub... It's not arachnoid, but it's something like that. Hemorrhage, a stroke in which bleeding occurs in the fluid-filled species of the brain that usually occurs during a large amount of physical effort. The man who preferred not to be identified for obvious reasons immediately suffered intense headaches after climaxing, which later led to vomiting. Despite the sudden symptoms, he was able to check himself into Nagoya City University Hospital in Nagoya, Japan. After doctors took a CT scan of his brain, results confirmed that the man had suffered a hemorrhage in that area, which can only have been described as life-threatening. Thankfully, he has survived the incident and was discharged from hospital within two weeks and doctors have said that he is left in Baz... Like, I can see you already want to jump in. Hold! 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 Uh, right, the doctor said he left in excellent condition. So we've got some facts from the, the good old NHS which will keep us right. According to the NHS, this particular kind of hemorrhage is often caused by a burst blood vessel in the brain which happened to be the case in this particular incident. Whilst it's unknown exactly why brain aneurysms develop, if you push yourself too hard physically, like you might do in sex, that's that powerful shagging Baz was talking about earlier on, it can increase the chances of stroke. Um, These hemorrhages could also be triggered by lifting something heavy. You need to watch yourself, Scott. Lifting something heavy, coughing, or going to the toilet. Oh, Jesus Christ. There are also... That's how I'll end up going... The king died that way, so it's fair to go. Uh, there are also certain risk factors that play their part. Excessive smoking and alcohol consumption. We may want to cut back here, guys. High blood pressure, you definitely need to cut my bands. And severe head injury can all be contributing factors. Watch. Yeah, hopefully you wear a helmet, Liam, when you're out skating. 
I've never seen a photo of it, but I'm just. <laughs> oh, you, you meant when he was wanky. I hope you get the helmet when you're. Because you're on the hair or something. Like that. <laughs> It's easier than a hair, but and just, I like an American football helmet that just has a big W on the side of it for wanks and just put it on and charge into battle. Uh, <laughs> Symptoms can include sudden severe headaches, a stiff neck, feeling feel like you're going to be sick, sensitivity to light, blood or double vision, slurred speech, weakness in one side of the body, or uncontrolled. <laughs> that, that just sounds like casual wanking. I was going to that say, actually like actually sounds like, actually sounds like all the things you described at the start of this episode when I asked you if you'd injured yourself during skateboarding where you're like I've got a tingling sensation down one side of my body um, right, an uncontrollable shaking Dr Daniel Walsh who is a consultant with the cerebrovascular neurosurgeon at King's College Hospital um, with the NHS Foundation Trust told the Mail Online fuck's sake that a ruptured aneurysm can cause the patient stroke linked with a sudden rise in high blood pressure said that masturbation or any type of sexual activity and we should be aware of this guys can cause this incident to happen and says that it causes between 3.8% and 14% of all these cases also and this is worth noting because he's put this in here also taking cocaine during sex can substantially <laughs> increase the risk of a stroke on Dr Walsh he said on a positive note uh, you will probably do more to prevent having these by avoiding smoking recreational drugs managing elevated blood pressure with your GP than abstaining from sex in all forms so keep wanking but just none of the stuff that we talk about on this podcast comments Baz ever given yourself a stroke while having a, a chug Plenty of strokes, just no, uh, <laughs> no, those well, just hemorrhages. This is exactly where I was going. The irony of the man having a stroke while having a wine <laughs> it's just it's beautiful, it's, beautiful. <laughs> it's Shakespearean. <laughs> Any injuries see while the well, thing about co- off Baz? See, see the, the cocaine thing. Oh, oh. Does that still count if you're just rubbing cocaine into your knob? Um, <laughs> asking for a friend? Asking for a friend. I, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> We've got this guy's name. We can ask Dr. Walsh. Yeah, if, if you could find know. out for me, that'd be much appreciated. <laughs> any, any, out with Liam's injury, which we've talked about in great detail and got more detail than we ever need, any injuries while uh, in the act of uh, love making or pleasuring yourself? Baz, anything? Uh, uh, the, <laughs> uh-uh. the only thing I can remember I did bust a blood vessel one time which I hadn't realised but the the overall like the the end product of it do you like is like one one side of my sack went purple <laughs> like that can't be there was no pain nothing like that at all Basically, it was just one huge bruised bollock, but it turned out to be a burst blood vessel. Can't remember if that was on my own or was. Could have been either. <laughs> Scott, anything you want to share with the group? I, I, I've never really, I've never really injured myself. Uh, didn't I? I wouldn't say burnt it with the iron. <laughs> <laughs> I've never really injured myself down there. I once burnt it with an iron. What? I was a. Uh, I was. Remind me of this when it comes to Bazzy's story because I've changed it again. 
I was ready. I was getting ready for a for a, a night out, and I was I, I ironing the nude as you do, and I get a wee bit too close and <gasps> a wee a wee uh, a wee line, vertical line. <laughs> I don't get scarred. There's no still there, now. I don't think. <laughs> we can confirm from the video footage it's not still yeah. there. No, it's not still there. Healed yeah. up. Healed up nicely. Yeah, Liam, out with your story that horrified the generation of men for a couple of months there. Um, anything else on top uh, of that? Or have things been okay down there? Oh, I think things have been okay, I think. <laughs> that one was that horrific that maybe all the other horrific times have just all warped into that one. Yeah. Maybe. I, I, uh, I once got a very... <laughs> <clears throat> very bad graze on the, the, the tip of my dip from uh, receiving oral sex with someone that had braces and it was ah! it was sear it was sear because uh, we had we a had, child we had uh, you what you fucking behave you behave uh, you behave you know I edit these you behave yourself. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, <coughs> it was it was at the first bit, and um, it was at the you know uh, at the start, and um, I hadn't realised it happened until we engaged in sexual activity, uh, where it felt like my dick was on fire um, for the majority of it, and um, that is another reason why you should always double bag, <coughs> which I was not doing at all. I was going in raw, and uh, it hurt like hell. Felt like my dick was on fire. So yeah, there we go. That's us. That's a shared that information to you. Well done. Yay. Imagine how she felt, or he, whoever it was. Where she Imagine was a bit of my dick out her mouth, like no. For later. the next week, they would just have little tiny dick skin cells in their braces because you won't get that all off. Imagine that. Imagine that the taste of that. Everything you eat just yeah. tastes a wee bit slightly like dick. Yeah. Clean dick tastes like avocado. There we go. I quite like avocado. Well. Don't, tell that's, that's that. some, don't tell me that. Don't tell me that. I like avocado. Actually, I don't like avocado. But I imagine <laughs> I would like a dick. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my concern is she was the, this particular person was slightly obsessed with me at the time, and the the, the kind of horrible thought process uh, that she maybe managed to take the 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 bit, the bit out the brace and then cloned her own Duncan after the fact. There's just a, like as a, a multiplicity version of Duncan that just can't speak right or do anything. But that almost definitely happened. That almost definitely happened, and she she just used them as a sex slave. Now it's terrible. It's like a horrible version because what I've got in my head is that it's not like a, a full Duncan that she grew. It's like a dick, but with arms and legs, and the head is your head. You have met me. That's literally me, isn't it? Oh, let's be honest. Uh, and back to the you know how Scott was talking about the avocado thing. You know how when uh, Paltrow made that candle that smelled like a fanny? Yes. Did Andy smell it? I take it you're all aware of that, yeah? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Well, I tell you who's not aware of that. My friend Shed Stu and his wife. <laughs> and I made this joke outside my house to the, the two of them and the wife just last week there. His wife had been buying something to do with Yankee Can. And you something. instantly took it to Fanny Candles. Like, like, no, well, like, she just spent like that. Just like she that. spent I'm, loads of money on like, a ridiculous amount of money on these Yankee Candle things. And I was like, my God, for that amount of money, you could have got that one that smells like when it pops was Fanny. And they all just <laughs> looked at me. Like, completely blind. Like, 
What are you talking? But about? I love the fact that they <laughs> Baz like, like my wife's going like that. Oh, you just shut. <laughs> what even is that meant to mean? You know what I mean? Like Baz what has that to, candle she made. Yeah, like Baz literally is on the street of it. Like his street, his nice quiet suburban street, out with a fucking iPhone. <laughs> On yeah. Safari, googling it on so we can show them. Go- Look, FannyCandle.com. I love the fact that Gwyneth Paltrow just does all this shit as if it's the most normal thing in the world. She does not give a fuck. She's just standing like, yeah, yeah, it's a Fanny Candle, and this is a this is a Fanny steamer. And all the doctors are like, do not steam your Fannies, woman. Don't steam your <laughs> no. Fannies. And she's like, no, no, steam your Fannies. And you're like, fucking hell, this woman's <laughs> mental, and she's still nah. in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Honest, honest to God, man. There's like women in America buying it, and they've got like radioactive yeast infections now. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> they've got re- yeast infections that are talking to them. <laughs> uh, well, I tell you, they'll not be fucking laughing when the two I ordered arrive. There you go. I'll fucking learn them. <laughs> right, right. Let's let's get off this subject. I'm going to see if we can keep the cats off the lawn. <laughs> like citronella, but fishier. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Right, well, let's go to Baz. Baz, what's your news story? Oh, God. Um, do you know, I, I had trouble finding one today, but I did find one eventually. Hold on. Here we go. Bear with me. Bear with me. You mentioned cats and all of a sudden Boris appeared on the camera. Oh, no. <laughs> we scratched at the door again. Damn it. <laughs> oh, hold on, I need to copy and paste a link into my browser on my phone. This could go very well. Oh, wait, well, this is spared no expense, ladies and gents. Spared no expense on Jaws of Shay. You wouldn't believe I actually work in IT, would you? Here we go, right. right. So, a time traveller from the year 5000, who I can only assume was also in Busted. <laughs> <laughs> Claims two thousand years later. Two thousand years later. Such, such. A, like the, the thing is, first of the year three thousand. Fuck off, Liam. Just fuck off. <laughs> Honestly, hang up. Remember when Scott said that he, there was people at his work that didn't know what happy days is? You just busted out a busted reference, which is about fucking twenty years old as well. We have young listeners, Baz. You're just trying to, you're just trying to alienate them. Listen, that's me trying to get hit with the kids, man. You know what I mean? Anyway. The boy from McBusted has claims to have photographic proof of the apocalypse. The mystery man, known only as Edward, this is in the Daily Star, I hasten to add, claims he took a picture which shows just how high our planet's sea levels get in the future because of devastating global warming. Eh... Boris didn't know like that. He told camera crews from Apex TV, which I think is one of those pay-per-view like babe station things. Yep. He was part of a top secret time traveling experiment in 2004. It was sent 3,000 years into the future. Right, it's all making sense now. To his surprise, he claims that when he arrived in the future, it was presented with the site of Los Angeles submerged by a great body of water. Now, thank God, when he did arrive in the future, he didn't arrive in Los Angeles or he would have fucking drowned. <laughs> so, you know, not, not picking holes or anything. <laughs> 
<laughs> and it's weird because Edward says he had been working in LA in a laboratory <laughs> when he said he was given an assignment to go into the future and take photographs. <laughs> See, I, I just tell them I wasn't doing it when they asked me. You know I mean? That's not my fucking job description. <laughs> Uh, the man's face has been blurred and his voice distorted as he tells the story, supposedly to protect his identity. See, even the Daily Star doesn't really believe this guy, <laughs> which really tells you all you need to fucking know. In the, in the astonishing clip, he says, I will tell you a story which will amaze you and you will be astonished. <laughs> So you'll be amazed and astonished by this story. <laughs> he adds, oh. and he, he then loses the ability to speak. Because apparently, <laughs> he adds, "I appear to place." It was unbelievable. <laughs> I don't actually even know what that means. I was standing on a huge wooden platform, which was lucky. Yep, Andy. <laughs> Not only me, houses, buildings, of course, all made from wood. Just <laughs> because it floats. <laughs> and after I realised it was the same city, Los Angeles, but underwater. Edward also claimed that he'd spoken with people who lived there. Jesus, the Daily Star clearly doesn't fucking proofread anything. No, it's copy paste. I'm now paraphrasing right. <laughs> They claim to have told them the flood happened due to global warming. Really rolled the dice on that one there, didn't they? <laughs> I mean, it beats the earthquakes. It's usually earthquakes when they talk about Los Angeles. So. Although, apparently, last week, another time traveller claiming to be from the year 2491 said giant aliens with a distorted appearance will arrive on Earth in 2022. The adventurer who goes by the name Future Time Traveller on TikTok <laughs> well, Liam's out. Revealed, <laughs> revealed some of the details of the extraterrestrial species and bizarrely claimed they will spark a war with humans. Where else would you go if you travel back 300 years in time from an alien-human war but TikTok? Yeah. Set yourself yeah. up a wee account. Yeah, all the, all the places I mean? you could go is TikTok or the Daily Star. Um, Lip like syncing to Busted. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, showing reruns of V in the background. But, yeah, I thought, like, I, I loved V. I loved V. Uh, v I th was great. I thought, I thought that we, like, you were originally kind of setting this out here that, like, we were being ambitious that, like, Earth was still going like, to be populated in the year. Five thousand. I was like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, or even 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 the fact that anybody who lives in the year five thousand even remembers or gives a fuck what happens in the year two thousand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, what are you talking about, man? You need to that's go back and true. tell people to stop using aerosol cans. Because <laughs> essentially, if you go back like the three thousand years, it's just we Egyptian guys going like that. If we right. don't build this fucking great pyramid, that's, we're all going to die. That's what you <laughs> think, but that's not what that's not what the History Channel is telling us. The History Channel is telling us three thousand years ago, aliens arrived and built the fucking pyramids, man. No, it's a conspiracy. Good. They're turning the fucking frogs gay. They're turning the frogs gay. <laughs> yeah, have you never. I think you've never seen Alex Jones. No. 
No, that's that Infowars commentator. Oh, he's amazing. He's like, listen, they're changing the juice boxes here. They're putting aluminum inside the juice boxes, which is turning the frogs gay. Is that just because he makes frogs suck as wee man? I have no idea. (laughs) To be honest, that's the least controversial thing he's ever said. He's also a character. Yes, yes. Well, he admitted that in court, like when he got taken to court from his wife to lose custody of his kids and he said I am playing a character that's all I do it's not real and then the following day on his shows like that I would never say that even though there's a transcript of him saying that I would never say that yeah. I would not say that listen here this is I, the I, Illuminati I, I, I'm saying that if I ever get hold up for any of the stuff I've read recorded that's out there that's what I'm saying it's a character well you <laughs> you, you literally are Scott McKenzie yeah. um, <laughs> you know I, mean? I have had to say that very thing to my wife and quite a few members of her family. I've got, to, I've got to say, I've got to say it to anyone who really asks if Baz is okay, and I want that. Baz is just a character that you hear. Yes, granted that sometimes the views of Baz, you know, encroach on some of his real views that I've spoken about. But he's like a steroid version of himself, a caricature, if you will. Don't don't People take. My wife actually married this fucking monster yep. on his podcast, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Who the fuck would marry that? Yeah. The thing is, the thing is that you can actually tell, like, that the character of the Baz, like, starts about seven months into recording podcasts. Before that, it was actually relatively pleasant. And then one day, he just started switching and he got really, really dirty and filthy about women's underwear. And since then, it's, it's kind of snowballed. <laughs> that's that's I, what I'm <laughs> If I told my wife she was getting mouth bummed, right? <laughs> she would fucking beat me until I pissed blood. <laughs> like I, that should be the time travel story of someone going, someone going back from the future to say that they've discovered the the bass recordings and they just want to make sure that society is okay in twenty twenty one. You know what I mean? Like we found these recordings and things sound dark. <laughs> like, so. well, hear those ones where I pretend I turned into a Nazi dictator. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we finished out an episode with you like full on having Nazi chants in the background. Yeah. That was amazing. That's uh, a Nuremberg rally. Yeah, yeah. About horror movies, just want to stress <laughs> about horror movies. <laughs> nothing else. Nothing else, right? Uh, so uh, I was I was going to say any time travel stories. I can't imagine many of us are going to <laughs> can't imagine any of us are going to have many, but we might as well do the rounds anyway. Liam, any interesting time travel stories? Or uh, here's a pivot then. Any point in your life that you could actually wish you could go back and just tweak just a little. Well, why not just say that right now? If any is discover time travel, we come back to this very moment. Wait for it. We all suck. I mean, we all suck. I was going to say... Surprisingly, if, none of us cracked. If humanity is placing their, their hopes and dreams on us developing time travel, then I have a lesser opinion. My money was on Duncan because eventually he's going to run into our things to do when he's awake for fucking like five billion hours. So my money was on you solving it. So. You, you will get can, you ima- can you imagine... Can you imagine for real though, like a, a fucking future version of yourself come busting in the door at that moment? How much would you absolutely attack yourself? <laughs> oh, um, completely. My, my chair would be covered in feces. Like, there will be, you're laughing just now, Liam, there will be a, one of these recordings, maybe episode 10, where we all jump on at the call at the beginning. We're all like, how are you doing? What have you been up to? And all the rest. And I'm sitting with a book with temporal mechanics. 
Uh, the same thing on that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm studying up on wormholes, guys. I think I think I might crack something here. And then the following, following month, it's just one of those aliens from Bazzi's article just sitting here, all fucking pale and gone. <laughs> uh, so any, anything that is, is this going to end up another fucking year? Are you pretending you're trapped in another fucking dimension? I mean, like, I, like I, year two of the podcast under the fucking stairs. We, we managed we managed a whole year of that, and I'll be honest. My favourite thing is when people go back, like they, they listen to the podcast now, and then go back to those ones and not have a fucking clue what's going on. And to be honest, I don't blame them. It was an idea. It didn't fully go the way I wanted it because I didn't have. The but time. we rolled with it. We kept a whole it year. fucking going. A whole fucking year. There was no consistency either, and it didn't make any sense. But a whole year we did it. We did get some bitching artwork from Graham Humphrey though on a poster. We did off the back of that. So win and fucking win. I'm serious here. Is there a point in your life? That if you could change, right? Let me let me caveat because we're all going to be like, I like the life that I've got just now. If I change something, I might not meet my wife, etc., etc. Is there something that you would change in your past if it didn't have an impact on where you are right now? Except you would know that you didn't do the thing that you did. Start with Baz. Actually, Baz has got his hand up. I would go back to the very night I met my daughter's mother, and I would mouth her in the face with a hammer. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wild playing hammer smash face by cannibal cops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've never seen three people on a call get mortified all at the same time. <laughs> oh my god. Right, else. <laughs> Scott, <laughs> uh, I'd probably go back to uh, just kind of before the last episode, and uh, and 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 not buy, not invest in wish. <laughs> 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 is, it, is it tanked? Is it tanked? No, not really. It's uh, it's it's dropped three bits since I get in it, so I'm kind of I've lost a bit of money in the new but. Uh, I do have it in good faith that in about twelve months it will have substantially increased. So I'm I'm holding it hope. When you say you've got it in good faith, is it wish that's told you this? <laughs> No, 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 no. It's uh, the, uh, my financial advisors that I follow on Twitter. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've done on with it. Uh, can you see when they sell? No, and that's no. the whole, that's the thing. When, uh, when all the followers start saying, oh, you're, you're, you're a scammer, you're a pump and dumper, because you can't see when they sell. You Basically, they tell you, you need to do the work, learn learn what they're talking about, and understand that, so you know when they sell so that you can sell at the same time. Uh, but you know, ain't nobody got time for that. That's a lot of work. <laughs> I just want this. I just want somebody to tell me. Buy now, sell here. But I don't want to pay them to tell me when to do that. So no. why should you? You shouldn't have to. Why should I? Exactly. Why should exactly. I? Uh, Liam, it's swinging back to you. I've got I've got one that will be a perfect segue into my news story. If you want to be really professional about it, uh, let's let's roll for it then. Go for it. Sweet. Right. So yes. I have uh, a couple of weeks ago. I <laughs> really like. That I edit that bit out because I ain't going to do that, Liam. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's because I was looking for the news story and I was like, oh no, wait, shit, I'm telling my story first. Why am I looking at my phone? So I quite like a jam donut. Uh, just, it's a nice treat sometimes. That's <laughs> laughing. <laughs> so sometimes I just. I just got a pack of jam donuts. So for lunch, <laughs> we had ordered Greg's for just eat, and I was like, I'm going to get myself a pack of jam donuts. I'm going to take home. I'll give Lena one, and I'll scan the other four. ordered Greg's for just eat. Why does that surprise you? Why does I, that surprise because, you? Richie wait, Rich, 
It's through the company card. It's not just Richie Rich because you are, like, you are the too busy. We Charles can't, Manson. We can't stop for lunch. We the can't go out and drive Charles to Manson. <laughs> we can't go out and drive to Greg's because we're too busy at lunch. So we end up ordering it so it comes and we can eat it while working. Right? It's, so there's it's logic. Not the Greg's. It's not the Auburn food in. It's more yeah, the Auburn Greg's in. Right now, it's more about these jam donuts than right, my yeah. life choices. So fuck off. Right. So anyway. Jam donuts. I give one to Elena and I scrand for myself. I like it. So I got home, got out of my van, and I was like, shit, I've got to go next door. Mum and dad live next door. I've got to go and get a package. I'll put them on the doorstep. we back in two minutes. I went in. I spoke to mum and dad for three minutes. Came back out, and Elena was at the window, and I was kind of like having a laugh, like both pretending I was walking downstairs, and I noticed the bag... <laughs> Stair, <laughs> torn to a thousand pieces because something had appeared in those three minutes and ate every single one of my jam donuts and all the bits apart from the jam all the shite bits left all the jam in the Greg's bag on my doorstep and I was like are you fucking kidding three houses away giant seagull just staring at me covered in bits of donut <laughs> My one regret is sitting those donuts on the top step. I just carried them at mum and dad's, say to you, went into the house and enjoyed four lovely jam donuts. Instead, Seagull destroyed every fucking one of them. If someone out of context walked past your front door, there is a brown paper bag torn to shreds with what looks like blood everywhere. Well, no, the jam was still in, confined into where it had been squeezed ah, out of the donut. Right. They only cared for the donut, which made me madder because the jam is the best bit. Why well, did you ruin it? <laughs> what? They left the jam for you. Yeah. Oh, because that's what I'm going to do. I bet you the best bit. Quiet seagull has <laughs> fucking rimmed it all, and I'm going to just lick it. the jam out, sadly. <laughs> I'd, I'd have done that. <laughs> what, right, I, I've got a few questions, right? First of all, did any of you ever use the term jam roll for your O? Yeah. No. 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 That's why I grinned and <laughs> told this story at the start and then I realised it was jam roll and no jam donut. <laughs> Two. Why did you not take the donuts into your mom and dad's house? Are you so fucking miserable you didn't want to have to give them. them going uh, yeah, to give them me a donut? It's a plan. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'd... I had all that shit in my hand and I knew there was a package next door. I knew the package was, this is another fucking story. I got a new front door. I ordered a new front door with a letterbox and all this solid shit on it. The door came and there's nothing. 90% of it is not what I ordered. There wasn't a letterbox. There was nothing. So the postmen have been holding my letters ransom because they refused to leave it at the front door because I don't have a postbox. So I ordered one. It took weeks to come. I had to cancel it because it was... Did you order it from the Sadly not. Actually, Amazon. Fuck Amazon. I then cancelled it. Ordered another one. That took four weeks to come. It came the night the guy that ordered the door came to just put a letterbox in it. So I went, I better go next door and get this letterbox. I'll put the donuts there because God forbid if I drop these donuts and I don't get them tonight, somebody's getting it. So I went in, get back at donuts gone, which brings me to my new story of being attacked by wild animals. Oh, Way more intense than a seagull. It might not have been a seagull. It could also have been a squirrel because at my house, the squirrels used to 
like ripped through the wheelie bins and we had to fiberglass the top of them and then they ripped through the fiberglass. Can you imagine the size of those squirrels? Fucking Terminator squirrels. Yeah. I had uh, my house in Bishop Briggs. I bought it from a friend of mine mm-hmm. and the shed at the bottom of the garden had like this semi stuff cool. A shed, <laughs> you see? A shed. Is that my steward? He's got a shed friend everywhere he goes. <laughs> and a semi circle, like missing for the bottom of the shed door. And it was because they get my mate that I bought the house off had bought, stay, bought like stay. nuts Your mate to stay. put in a nut feeder for the birds. And the squirrels out the trees nod through the door to get to the <laughs> fucking nuts inside the shed. They're ferocious. They're yeah. absolutely ferocious. So it could have been a squirrel, but the fact that the seagull was looking at me, obviously, public enemy number one. <laughs> so, and I will get them. I will get them. <laughs> you can borrow Baz's drill gun and shoot at it. I could actually tell you a story of. He just started something. I could tell you the story, and then he said, No, that's not how this show works. Nah. I it's could an tell you the story. story you tell us I, the, I, story. I, I, the story. So, yeah, there's this guy I know, and at his work, these seagulls keep swooping down and they're like fucking attacking the folk. There was basically they were nesting in the roof. Yeah. So, because they had baby birds, baby seagulls, gullets. Little baby gullets <laughs> on the roof, they were swooping and like fucking shit in the cars and like getting quite low. So, the guy I know worked with a guy who happened to have an air rifle, licensed, of course, because Obviously. it's all above board. And this was years ago when things were legal, anyway. Decided that he was going to take out the seagull that was causing the most damage. So, the person instead <laughs> loaded the gun, bang. Shot it. The wing got fucked up in the air as if it broke, and the thing came squawking down at the person that shot it. <laughs> squawking. The person who shot it was terrified. I can hand and heart say I could feel it. He was shitting himself as this seagull came screaming down the roof at him. It landed on the floor and then proceeded to run into the building. Rather than away, it ran into the building. It then vomited a full rolling sausage like it hadn't been chewed it regurgitated a full rolling sausage inside the workshop it then ran through like wee bits of trail actually blood the person that shot it went to the guy with the gun you can fucking deal with that that's good not to do with me so he drilled a few more pellets into it trying to take it out no nothing was stopping this fucking seagull it went out into the street and I was like that's it it's gone, it's now off land, you can't, you obviously can't get it, and it ran squawking up and down the road, and I was like, what are we going to do, I can't leave it, she's like, it's alright, a fox will get it, a fox will get it, so anyway, the person that shot it was feeling terrible about this for days, and kept getting pictures sent to him, which were funny, and we like, see those new things, <laughs> or so he told me, <laughs> he told me it wasn't funny, uh, to a few days later, the guy across the road that uh, worked in the place across there uh, came in and he's he was a hunter. He was like, he had the hard guns and knew what he was doing. This is quite and he Jaws. <laughs> and he was like, oh, by the way, person that shot it, I got that seagull for you. Like, what are you talking about? He's like, oh, it came back in the gate, so I had to, I had to kill it. I said, shut up, no, you never. No, I swear to God. 
it was at the bottom of the gate and I had to beat it with a broom handle three times <laughs> and snapped the broom handle over its head to kill it three days later. And he's like, it's in a box and a skip. And I was like, oh, sorry, the person was like, fuck off. No, no, it's no. And they went down and it was there in a box. So that's the story. That's why that has to be cut. I think we can keep that in. I don't know if you can. I, I, all I know is that there was a, a bird attacking people that used self-defence on private property. It was on private property. Uh, yeah, to deter. So there's nothing illegal about that. Yeah. Um, although yeah. seagulls, big bastards. Yeah, they are. They're fucking, they're fucking huge. I can't like See, when I was a kid, I can't remember them being as big as they are now. And I don't know if that's because people are eating Greg's and Greg's is full of fucking growth hormone or some <laughs> shit like that. But they're all massive fucking... Schvelt bastards yep. now. They've all got six Especially bucks. the five donut bastards. Well, yeah. And well, maybe maybe that's its descendant and that's how it's getting its revenge on you for for knowing someone that did that thing. Do you know what? That is... You can tell the story now because karma's got me. That's the karma. It's equal. It's a karma <laughs> story. Maybe it was one of the baby ones in your roof or in the guy's roof. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to fuck with this guy. Just when he's at his worst, Could his be? lowest... He's waiting for the, the letterbox to arrive because he's not had mail in days. Or just at his lowest, I'm going to steal his fucking donuts. How complicated is it ordering a new front door, by the way? It's, is it complicated? Because we're looking for oh, Unbelievable. Really? And my brother-in-law done it for us. So he sent us to the website and you basically have to build your own door on this <laughs> website thing. See when you build it, though? See when and there's you, a bit of pipes, a bit of glass. See what you've chosen? I guarantee when the door comes, none of those bits you've chosen are on the door. They've just decided to just do a pick and mix. Like, that does sound like a nice colour, but you know what would be better? This one. And you want it windows? I'll give you you one. One wee tiny one. And you wanted a big handle? We're only going to give you a normal handle. And we're not going to frost in so everybody can see in. Is that the door you wanted? No. That's why we've got my brother in law today, because yours came perfect. <laughs> had uh, it in jig time. <laughs> Mine did not. So, <laughs> uh, Scott will put a glory hole in it for you if you want. Oh yeah. Oh well, yeah, because then the postman can just scrunch it up and put it through the hole. Yeah. Oh, it's it's like it's my lips. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Well, there we go. That's uh, that's Scott's story. What we'll do is before we uh, sorry Liam's story. Before we jump to Scott's story, let's do some listener. Emails. Now we have two. We have two. One is from Kate, so I know already, and she's she's now got to the point. She has told me that she doesn't even hide her name on them because I apparently on other shows refer back to things she said, and then I mention Kate. <laughs> what I have not realised is the anonymity that people send things in on this show extends to anonymity on everything else I do, which I hadn't <laughs> taken into account. So I've name and shamed her on other things. So she's 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 past that now. She's past it. She's like, fuck it. But let's start with um, a, a man that's got a little bit of a rivalry with the bus. That's right. This is uh, your nemesis, uh, Big Chris. Big Chris Weston. Ah. Oh, now, you yeah, might want to explain the rivalry. You might, well, you might want to, like, there's sometimes listeners out with Scotland, out with the central belt of Scotland, that might not understand why why you go after him as much as you do just take a couple of seconds to explain why someone from let's see Dunoon might not like someone from where Chris is uh, from because they smell 
<laughs> Wink truly well at the story, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but because um, these smell, is that Rossi? Uh, Chris is from Rossi on the repugnant Isle of Butte, which is like <laughs> you know, it, it's like a dingleberry that's just dropped off the side of Scotland's ass and just only just left the hair and is now. That's what the Isle of Butte looks like, basically. And uh, Chris is for there. Although he now lives in Abrosson, which is the only place in Scotland worse than Rothsey. <laughs> <laughs> he did once, uh, many moons ago, send you a little present. Uh, he did. The cunt sent me a photographic book of the beauty of Butte. <laughs> <laughs> Bastard. That's a big present thing. And I'm like, oh, look at this. Somebody sent me something. <laughs> Opened up. Oh, you lit. Didn't even tell me who it was for. Nothing I was that bastard <laughs> and you know he was only a listener on the podcast but it turns out we actually have a number of very good mutual friends it's, it's possible I may have been in his company at some point over the fucking years gone by the people that I play the naked tell William tell darts with right. Chris is pals with them and that's why the story didn't phase him at all because he knows what they're like <laughs> well Chris is saying <clears throat> Now this is what I feared. Like I feared that stories of Liam having to wash vomit out of his chest here may invoke people sending stories in of vomit. Oh, I told that shit as well, didn't I? Yes. I carry do the next episode of this because it's just it's getting ridiculous now. <laughs> I'm just hoping that one day, one day, this will scare you like to the right side of not spewing on yourself uh, in an Uber. I'm just I'm hoping that one day you'll be like. I'm not going to have this last pint. I'm going to put this here. And I'm just going to... have water. we switch to water. Um, <laughs> my daughter got hit with a 40 pound fine for throwing up in a taxi <laughs> just a couple of days ago. Came in with her pals. It was her 19th birthday. <laughs> she's doing it right. She knows what she's doing. <laughs> Aye, but the difference being she's 19 when you did this was this year. Last year? No, wait, no. Well, before before COVID, but the difference being that how come she was only forty quid? I'm usually fifty. I'd say worse city equality here. No, it's not worse sick because usually we mean it's just purple. <laughs> and I'm going to say also on Uber. Drink, so. Uber ain't in Falkirk. We don't have Uber over here, yeah. so Uber price is probably a little bit higher. So mm. there you, you go. still need to phone. The, you still need to phone the office. Edward. It's a, it's a lot harder to clean the fucking vomit out of pee at Cinquecento. <laughs> right, Chris says, can never think of a regrettable tale to tell and then your vomit tales gave me Vietnam-style flashbacks. Suppose I should keep it anonymous. I haven't kept it anonymous, Chris, because why would I want to keep this anonymous? Although anyone in it will surely recognise themselves. So this is Chris's story, and if you resemble someone in this story and you're listening to this episode... Blame it on Chris because he sent it in. Uh, starting out as a <laughs> starting out in a band as a youngster isn't easy. We all know that. We've all every single one of us here has been in a band. Just realised that. Scott and Liam in a band, punk band together. Baz, Moonlight Punishes and the Meaty Punishes. <laughs> what a name! As he, as a bass player, and that band yeah. lasted how long, Baz? Well, we'd never really formed, so... Exactly. <laughs> it, it, fucking exactly. exactly. It was a concept. <laughs> it was an idea. It was a way of life, man. It's a way of life. So starting out in a band as a youngster isn't easy. 
You have to take any gig you can and reverse engineer the details as you go. And it's in that spirit that this story begins. As an islander... Anything you want to say about that, Baz? No, no anybody that knows people that come from islands know that they're all fucking their own kids. Mainland gigs could be tricky, especially when you're a teenager and not an old enough to move away and get your own digs. This particular you know, mainland gigs, they even sound backwards. <laughs> This particular gig was down the west coast into Ayrshire, somewhere none of us were familiar with. Tough to get a lift downwards away from Glasgow after phoning a few businesses looking for a room in our van and a lorry. The singer assured us he had a lift sorted. Cut to us all loading our gear into what was clearly a fish van, as despite it being empty, it stacked to the high heavens of... Fish, that's right, fish. And from now I suspect, so did we. So, to the gig. We arrived to enter a battle of the bands we'd seen advertised. That's your first mistake. Never do a battle of the bands because it's a con. They've already picked the winner. It's X Factor. You you never do a fucking battle of the bands. Never, never. That's your first mistake. Um, Anyway. He's quoting someone here. Um... Now that's been changed to next week, mate, but you can support tonight's band. Can you smell fish? So the main band arrived, complete with a bus full of their own pals from somewhere up north. Nice to see at least a bit of a crowd. The next problem you have as a band is somewhere to sleep for the night. One system we often employed was one person manages to pull and at the last minute says, Do you mind if the rest of the lads crash at your place? Do you? The only problem here is that most of the lassies in the audiences came down with the other bands. They don't live here and, you know, we all smell fish. So what to do? The gig was sponsored by, I don't even know how you pronounce that, Michelob? Michelob? Michelob. What's Michelob? It's an American beer. Right, there we go. Michelob. I didn't know that. I've never, I don't drink American beer. Uh, Michelob. It's really nice Michelob actually. (laughs) You're starting to sway me on it. Is it as good as what you're drinking tonight? The Steinhaben or whatever it's it was. Very different because it's very different because it's an American one, but it's nice. Right, like me and you will test this theory. We'll test it and we'll see if I agree. Right, so it was, the gig was sponsored by Michelob, and it was a result they were actually getting paid for it. So instantly, you're better than any of the gigs that I can see I played in, and I played a lot because I never got paid for anything. Uh, Liam Scott, did you ever get paid for a gig? Sponsored by Michael. Uh, I don't believe we did. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so, no. Uh, and I, think Baz, we, I think we paid to play every gig I ever did. Uh, Baz, in the concept of the Meaty Punnesses, were you guys paid to play? Or did you... No, we, nev- we never sold out. Never sold out. <laughs> respect, man, respect. Anyway, endless sickly sweet little bottles of shite lager. His words... So he's casting shade on the Michelob. Uh, my next idea was if we were to sleep rough, I'd just completely rat arsed so we'd be able to pass out fairly quickly. So good move. Not easy on that stuff. You have to drink a lot of it. Sure enough, while sitting on the toilet in a stupor, pants around my ankles, I leant forward and vomited into those pants. Pants are around my ankles. He's, he's fucking vomited into the pants. Nice. 
managed to, oh, con- no. managed to contain the spew in my underwear and remove them without getting them everywhere was his challenge. And they went straight into the bin. And now they smell of fish. Probably at, at, and spew as well. And I was going commando. And then a pair of those combat trousers that were flavoured in the 90s. Oh, no, man. I think with the blue ones, the blue ones were the worst ones where you're like, I- I'm in the fucking Navy. Uh, Jesus, at chucking out time, we were wondering where to sleep. We tried the shopping centre, nice and warm, but the security guards chased us around any entrance we tried, they'd soon appear. Not to make it any easier for the boys, I was like a rubber man at this point, happily collapsing in a pile any time we found the place. More than once, I'm told my head bounced on the stone floor uh, and they wondered if I was dead. Explains a lot to be frank. Um, next, try the police station. Can we stay in the cells? Now, this is all good. <laughs> now, uh, what if we put a brick through your window? Then I'll throw you guys in here with these guys. He opens the door leading into the cells, and the sounds of bedlam echoing down the corridor are soon to the swears. After following a suggestion to an all-night canteen on an old industrial estate, we eventually crashed into the loading bay under the shopping centre. Some fashioned sleeping quarters from discarded cardboard boxes and the like finally sleep. We awake to... Screaming. A bin man had come along, lifted up the bags, (laughs) or dishevelled guitarist, who would... (laughs) I never read this all the way through, it's fucking amazing who could grow a beard in about an hour after he shaved at 17, had sat up like a jack-in-the-box and scared the shit out of the guy and lifted the bin back up. The other guys on his lorry were in hysterics at him after the other pals were rubbish, twitched and moved. Other members of the smelliest band in the world come into life. I walked down to the nearby river for a piss. As our drummer, a less working-class gentleman than the rest of us, to say the least, looked at his crumpled red suit jacket, almost in tears, muttered about how dirty he felt. I got myself a coffee and a roll and sat against the wall at the side of the venue, awaiting for the return of the fish van to take us home. I'd only been in the band a few months and already had some fucked-up stories to tell my pals. Thank you very much for that email, Chris. Now, we have all been in bands. Baz has been in a band in his brain. Worst band story. <laughs> there's been to be one here. There's been, I've got a few, but there's been, to be, there's been to be one here. Liam, Scott, you were both in a band together. Any story that one of you wants to put forward as a shining example of maybe not the glamorous lifestyle of being in a band? Go for it. I think the... Well, the only stories I can think of is when we done the kind of wee mini tour we done over like, I think it was like five gigs in seven days, and it was you know pretty good fun for us. Drove up and down the country. Uh, we played the guys of no one. <laughs> yeah, we played in Edinburgh at the that uh, the venue Bannermans. I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but they gave us the flat upstairs, That's right. and this flat is absolutely rotten. Like it's literally like got the same. I don't know when the sheets have changed. There's fucking pubes and everything in it. And, uh, and I just walked in and I just knew straight away. I was like, see if see if Lauren was here, that she would just walk in and be like, nope, there is no way. But we we're like, ah, it's fine. I slept in it under the sheets and everything under the covers. Uh, but what the the gig that we played in the shed, which is down in Sheffield. Uh, was it was we played in this this floor that was setting up where you know we we went all the the full hog and obviously we had got t shirts and that Liam had printed us these crack t shirts we got Wolfmaster design this fucking really really cool fucking shirt still a great t shirt I still wear it this day 
and we set it all up, and then this band of like twelve year old boys came on, and they were fucking so much better than we could ever possibly be. Oh my god! The bassist <laughs> like... actually could play all four strings. We're like, what? <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> And then you go to the toilet, you had to go downstairs to the basement, which was like weirdly tiled, like a 90s, like fucking old swimming baths. But it was just like this big room you had to walk across, and it was like a full on, like, thrash punk show where they're all doing that, you know, that mosh pit where they punch fuck at each other. And you had to walk across that. <laughs> weird fucking smelly teenagers kicking fuck at each other in the basement to get to the toilet. It was like, what the hell is going on? Like, there's nobody on the floor, even with these, these, these wee boys playing, like, like, like metal really, really well. It's just their dads and us. And then downstairs, it's just full of like fucking 18 year olds kicking fuck at each other. It was the weirdest, most surreal night in my life. <laughs> I can't think of any other stories. The, whole, uh, the, whole, the hotel we, we booked in for that one as well was a good laugh on it. When the uh, the weird. Oh, the, the Iranian embassy? <laughs> yeah. There was definitely yeah. a room set up filming jihad videos. I'm not sure if it was Iranian. <laughs> Obviously, it could be food various places, but there was a room with a flag and writing on the wall and a camera set a, up. A, a picture of like a supreme leader or yeah, Anatola. That's what I'll so, be. Yeah, but yeah, that is awesome. <laughs> that was a good tour. I enjoyed that. Yeah. I'll tell you about an awkward experience that we had way, way, way back in the day. So uh, we were on the we were on the push. I think it was in between. I think we just we just released our kind of final EP before we were going to do the album that never happened, and um, by that point we we were at, at that stage where we were mostly playing for signed bands where we were one of the support acts, which was kind of cool. So we got away from that stage of playing essentially with bands that no one knew that maybe had only formed a couple of weeks before, played a couple of gigs and disappeared, and um, we were playing with a bunch of Glasgow bands up in Dundee. And um, we'd been offered a few gigs in and around this time period, and one of them was to play in Glasgow, and we we primarily played there anyway. And a couple of weeks out from the gig that we'd signed up to do, we'd been advertised to play, we pulled out, and the reason we pulled out is we'd found out that um, one of the bands on the, the bill um, had a, I think it was the, I want to say it was the drummer, the drummer's dad was a... A BMP counselor, um, lovely, and that I'd like. I'm like I, I don't I don't I, I don't get involved in any of that shit at all. Anything that even begins to court that sort of level of controversy, I'm not for it. So we had basically put it out to the band. There's only four of us. Um, what are thoughts on it? And I was like, fuck no, it's not happening. Absolutely, hundred percent not happening. Um, I'm not saying that the you know the sun needs to be tarred with the same brush. But all the like all the photos had said that he'd been out campaigning with them and all the rest, you know, like and I was just like, I'm not I'm not fucking dealing with it. Um so we we withdrew from the, the bill and the promoter had obviously asked us why. And um to Big Davy's credit, uh, I think he was pretty honest with him and he just said that listen, one of the bands on there, there's articles going around about the guy's dad and the BMP and some band members he may have said the singer, which may have put <laughs> me in the shit. Um you know, it's just not comfortable with it. So cut a couple of weeks later, we're up in Dundee, we're playing with Man Must Die, who were fucking signed. Uh, Man Must Die, for those who haven't heard, fucking amazing. They put like two albums or that. Absolutely amazing. Um, and it was at Sons of Slaughter. 
maybe uh, from Edinburgh, but we're up there playing this gig, and um, we played it. It's amazing. Like we, we we had a great gig. It's a room full of people in this fucking strange venue in in Dundee. Uh, man must die up playing the set, and as always, I'm carrying all fucking Dave's equipment, which is all the drums, because that's what singers do in bands is just carry other people's fucking equipment because they don't have equipment. So I'm carrying all Dave's stuff down. You're the fucking guitar. <laughs> <laughs> the problem. Here's the problem, Baz. I had to carry my guitar plus Mark's guitars plus help uh, Pat with his stuff plus help Dave with all his stuff and everyone else appeared to be busy. But Duncan would just be carrying fucking shit everywhere. Because um, I'd be like that. When things went like I didn't want anything to get lost, I'd be like, let's get this fucking shit packed up in the car. So I'm helping Dave do his stuff and we get, we're, we're kind of putting stuff down in his car and someone comes round the corner to speak to us. And I can hear him chatting to... I can hear him chatting to Mark, which is never the, the best start in any conversation. Mark is, for the listeners who don't know, he is Jizz Bottle. Um, that we will oh, get geez. we will get to that story at one point. <laughs> like on an episode, we will get to Jizz Bottle, right? But that's Mark, right? So they're talking to Mark. And Mark's Baz knows Mark. Mark can, can be the nicest guy you, you've met in the world, but he can also be a guy that you would want to fucking kill. Like, within three seconds, it can go from, oh, he seems all right, to he's a complete fucking dick, right? And that's just the way he is. And I can hear... I can, I can hear Mark say... Some of my best friends are racists. And I'm like, what's he doing? <laughs> like, like, the inverse of what you're supposed to say. You know, like, like, some of my best friends are... Like, Iranian. I don't know why we're saying Iranian, but, like, Iranian, you're like... And I'm like, what the fuck? he talking to and he's over at his car and all the rest and he's like oh no that's no that was Duncan that was Duncan. Aye, that's him over there and then this guy comes across to me so the drummer in this band whose dad was the, the BMP counsellor um, he actually lived in Dundee and he was at the gig um, so he comes across to speak to me to assure me that he doesn't have the same political stance as his dad he was just helping them pass out brochures which as you can imagine I, I still think that's just as fucking bad like passing out the propaganda is is tantamount to believing the propaganda in my view so he's across speaking to me and I'm like that I don't want to have this conversation it is a bit like oh I was just one of the guards I was mate. just one of the guards just, <laughs> you know what I was just following orders I was just following and I don't like I don't want to fucking deal with this and this guy that he's like he's, what I didn't realise his dad was a bit he was a minister as well, he was an actual minister, like church following and all the rest. So he was so polite and so nice and all the rest. And he was just telling me all this stuff, and I'm like, the, I just want the fucking the car to sink over me and take me away and all the rest. And um, like Mark's, like Mark's talking to the other guy in the band, still about how his dad's a racist. Oh, my dad's a total racist and all the rest. And I'm like, hey, Mark, this is fucking horrible. Because like, the pe- people in the BNP don't think they are racist. That's the point. The, to stress for our American listeners, as the British National British National Party, and they're defunct now, pretty much. They've been replaced with other bands of similar opinions that believe that Britain is for Britons. <laughs> no one else. Close those borders off. Um, so yes, yeah, so I'm sitting listening to this guy who seems really nice telling me about how his dad's not a racist and how we should probably still do the gig with him. And I'm like, listen, I actually don't. And we're not doing the gig. Like, and there's a point with me where I'll. Baz has been maybe a witness of this. There's a point with me where I'm pleasant to an extent, and then I get quite dismissive. And so I start being dismissive to him, 
Um, and then Dave's like, so we had planned to stay, Man Must Die was like one of our favourite bands, we have to leave the fucking venue early to drive down the road early because we're like, we don't know how many friends he's got, we don't know, it's like, I, I'm not saying it was like the green room, but having seen that movie now, I'm like, so I have to leave to drive down the road. And this is all because some guy in some band, his dad's, and it was all over the fucking papers that, that month, and um, we just didn't want anything to do with it. And as in a, when you're in a band, all you want to do is I'm, I had a fucking buzzer, I had a keytar, I had a keytar. I used to wear fishnet tops, guy liner, and black fucking nail polish. I want to chat about the the you know the social political dynamic of people coming from other countries to work in the UK. I want to fucking do that. I want to go up there, sing a bit. Shouldn't you fucking blacked up that time then? <laughs> there is a gig. Um, it's a gig where. And I want to stress before this go- gets out of hand, Baz, before you get me cancelled. Um, the Prodigy were on tour that year, and the Prodigy, the the one, I think both of them had this white band that went across their eyes, and I'd bought this fucking really fucking cool, like proper, <laughs> proper like theatre paint, and I'd, I'd I'd kind of black my face like this, but I'd I'd, I'd kind of squinted it a little bit, so I made was the it line not down the middle of your face. It was down the middle, yeah, it was down the middle, but I'd I'd kind of squinted it a little bit, so I tried to straighten out. So the the, the line started. It was supposed to come down, basically covering my nose. It started coming down most of my eyes, and then I started to sweat, and then it just basically. So I went on stage in full blackface. Um, <laughs> supporting a band called the Berserker who were a band from Australia who did essentially like rave music and death metal and um, they wore like animal masks on stage and there's there's Duncan in the supporting band the only guy on stage that used to do the theatrics with a keytar and blackface um, it's not a good look it's not a good look but yeah I'd- I'd be so disappointed with Green Room if the guy had a keytar and the racist came out and went, mate, I'm not like my dad. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just play with us. Could you imagine, like, we're going to play Nazi punks fuck off on the keytar. Duncan, do you want to tune it up? Yeah, it's not like, because like, we never, like, I was in a band of most of the people that didn't, like, do anything to excess. I drank a lot when we came, when we, but I, so I, like, it was always awkward fucking conversations with people it was always the worst awkward conversations with people and that's the bad thing about being in a band is like you go out and chat to people some folk are just weird and they're creepy and you don't want to fucking speak to them and almost every band story I've got is that way related it's an awkward conversation in the toilet after you finish playing where someone starts asking you about the sampler that you use you know, like, I've just, like, my hands are covered in piss. You're like, I'm going to wash them first. You know, it's, it's that sort of stuff. It's all the fucking cringy shit. Um, Baz, any... Out with out with uh, getting punched in the face by... Anything you want to swing in here before I swing to... The only one that leapt to mind there was when uh, Scott was talking about the pit. And it was that time you played the... The gig with Amen. Do you remember that? I do remember playing the gig with Amen, yeah. So uh, a squad of us had go- gone. Uh, and we used to, we went to quite a lot of your gigs, eh? and it was normally to see you, but depending on who the. Not the, me, it was to see Dave, because me and you were kind of. We were, we were acquaintances through a friend. 
We weren't quite buddies. Well, we were acquaintances at the time, and apparently you didn't like me either. At that, that like, point, I, 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 I can't remember. You said you said something, I, I, and that's all it takes for me. I'm, I'm a fickle bastard. I can't remember what it you was said. The night of the blackface, because that was the first time <laughs> I actually saw you. I, I can't and remember apparently... what you had said, but I heard something in the background, and I was just like that. Oh, I don't like him. Fuck him. <laughs> we will never anyway. do podcast together in the future. <laughs> I shall never appear. <laughs> anyway, you use my support name and my friend Katie, who is actually one of West Chris Western's pals. Katie oh, had been a huge really Amen fan. I was uh, a huge Amen fan when he's she was a... younger. Casey but then he got off that by the time you played with him. He looked like a he looked like a really 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 fat Tim Burton because he had the big Tim his... Burton glasses. What was his name again? Casey Chaos. Casey Chaos. I was I was the biggest Amen Amen fan <laughs> ever, and that was the night. Without going into another story, that was the, the, the night that I came back from... So I, I actually auditioned for a signed band in Denmark. So the night I came back was me... I flew... I'd had to sleep rough in two fucking airports on the way back. I had to sleep in fucking Aarhus Airport in Denmark and then fucking Heathrow and then... Like, like, just like, because of the way the flights were to get back up to get home. Using your keytar as a pillow. There was no keytar with me. It was just, it was just my bag with my essentials. Um, H Sphere didn't need a keytar player. H Sphere did not need a keytar player, and I'm thankful they never googled any of the video footage of me. Just the sounds of my voice. Um, once again, huge hate. F- oh, hate Sphere are fucking. It. They are Denmark Slayer. And I managed to get an audition with him, went across, um, it was a dream come true, it was one of the best fucking two nights ever. That's another story, because I got very drunk, that's a Jaws of Shite story, somewhere down the road. Um, but I got back up and I was so giddy because I was getting to open for Amen and this was a pay to play gig and we sold a lot more tickets than Amen had. <clears throat> Let's just put it that way. And I got to meet Casey Chaos and he's literally, all I wanted was a photo with him literally all I wanted and it was like it, it was two steps away from that episode of Rick and Morty where all, all Morty wants is a photo with the president and he'll not fucking do it the dude would not every time it, it came up in conversation he just fucked off and he was really really rude to us but he was a fat bastard he was yeah. a big fucking chunky looking motherfucker um, anyway that's an, an aside you were at that gig and what happened? I was at the gig because Katie had been a huge Amen fan, so she had come with us. Cause she, so we hung back to see them. Uh, she was horrified because she'd fancied them for about a decade. And she's like, did you look at the fucking state of him, man? He's Because <laughs> Katie's the tiniest wee thin lassie. I think she was frightened he was going to eat her. <laughs> anyway, there was some wee steaming guy in the fucking crowd started slamming all about the place during the Amen set. And he elbowed this fucking guy who was standing next to me, like proper clunked him in the face with the elbow, and the guy just grabbed him and just punched <laughs> him fucking <laughs> the face down onto the ground. The wee guys being around, the guy's still fucking hitting him. Took about three guys to pull him up. Because the big guy he was just standing there, arms folded, watching the fucking band. The next guy's got an elbow in the mouth. No, you come here, boop, boop. It was fucking hilarious, but then I didn't think he was maybe going to kill the wee boy. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but that, that, that was the one that sprung to mind there. 
There we go. There we go. Right, let's. I've got uh, one one last story before we move on, right. and it is uh, just about uh, when we travelled within the band, and it was because you were talking about racism and whatnot. It reminded me of this one. We were, uh, I can't remember where it was, and we went into this wee record shop before we uh, were playing that night, and uh, uh, Sheffield. Looked at the I, yeah, Sheffield, and I bought a vinyl. Uh, because I thought I looked at it, I thought you need to buy this because these kind of things have got to disappear. You need to remember this stuff exists, right? It's like a resurgence. Is the yeah. it's the best it's yeah. ever been. So we, well, it's, well, maybe not so much when you when I show you what it is. Uh, but, uh, so we back up to the car park, and it turns out that one of the other bands that was on the bill was parked up next to us, and we got talking to them, and then Liam and Brendan, like, oh look what Scott just bought, and I had to take the, out the bag and show them that I bought. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, the George Minstrel Yeah, it's the Black and White Minstrel Band. So it's clearly just a fucking album of guys blacked up. Because if you look up in the back, he is not. He's not a PO. He's not a POC at all. Why? Why did you buy that? That's what we asked. Go because because you because they've got to try and deny that all this stuff existed. The documentaries. You need to make sure that the Auschwitz stays there so you can go and see the atrocities that used to be there. People used to think this was okay. But by you buying it, you're saying it's okay. <laughs> by you buying that, there's a, listen, there's a residual check that's went somewhere to the guy's family. It was a second hand. It was, it was a cash in hand, second hand. <laughs> it was a, it was a cash in hand. It was one of those ones that they kept in the back room that wasn't for It was, it was a secret. <laughs> That's why I bought it. Actually, I was secretly like going to that record shop. <laughs> I can't believe you one bought that and two still have it. That's amazing. I didn't have it so close to hand when you had no idea that the story was coming up. <laughs> yeah, it was like, it just, it just, I literally you know, know just, so just like, always have it. It just, it just so happens that my vinyl's actually just literally at my feet. That's just where they happen to be in this room. Yeah, my, my, my narration of Mein Kampf. And... <laughs> <laughs> Screwdriver LBs and all that. Ten fun facts about apartheid. So yeah, yeah. Like, my, my, uh, my, my, my ethnic cookbook from Pol Pot. Uh, I don't know, that, don't know when I'm ever going to use it, but there's loads of recipes in here uh right let's do kate's uh one now i'm right, see whenever i do this bass looks in the camera creepily right maybe this isn't a maybe this isn't one that could be taken in a sexual manner why are you laughing because our stories are like readers wives normally <laughs> granted if you put a collection of these emails into a book and released it they would probably sell a lot right um, there would be housewives up and down the country flicking the beam yeah, that's all I'm saying but <clears throat> Kate has her Jaws is shite submission she says hey guys hope you're doing well as always I can't wait to hear the show and all the shenanigans you lot have been up to this month I have a new story a nice short and sweet one this time and I hope that you'll enjoy you know when you first start dating someone and everything's all nice and you're on your best behaviour and so are they let's be honest don't <laughs> you don't let them see what a disgusting mong you actually are this is especially true for girls I know girls who have been with their partner for years and have never farted in front of them. Um, who have never bucked and refused to shit with them in the house, even when they live together. 
all to preserve this facade of respectable women because apparently an anus this is I can't believe I'm going to say this on a record apparently an anus is only good as an in-hole and nothing else <laughs> you laughed at that Scott which like, I did I'd like no one else that you you did you reacted to that anyway needless to say I am not one of these girls However, I do try and maintain this image for as long as possible when I first start dating someone as not to ruin the otherwise flawless illusion of perfection. Flashback to seven years ago and Michael and I have been dating for about a month. Now, it's worth saying Michael is her fiancé and she's due to marry him relatively soon. They have a child together. So her and Michael have been together a while. So flashback to seven years ago and Michael and I have been dating for about a month. And I had never farted in front of him at this point. One day, we were talking in bed, all romantic, basking in the post-coitus glow, and mid-sentence, I let out a horrendous fart. I didn't even mean to, and I was trying to continue as though it didn't happen, except I catch a look of Michael's face, and there's a bit of surprise, shock, and horror. All I know is his eyes aren't that wide normally. So I give up the ghost and trying to continue on, I just drop my face into my hands and cringe for the gods. She says, I'm so sorry. That's so gross. I don't know what happened. Damn you and your butt plug, etc, etc. I'm just looking at Baz. I always have to look at Baz when these comments come out because I'm waiting to see what kind of... He's, he's relatively subdued here. We're okay. I, I, I thought the butt plug would get him. I genuinely thought the butt plug... No, didn't get him, didn't get him. That's cool. Etc. Etc. Is there an actual wait, is is there an actual butt plug at play in this story? I think there like may a... have been a butt plug. Yeah. I think. Okay, okay, great. Right. Just check. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, Scott just want to fact check things here. Are we are we alluding to a butt plug? Is this a kind of joke butt plug or is there an actual physical rubber plug that has been used in the butt? And I think there had been a butt plug. But it also it does answer my other question I got from earlier in the story was checking whether or not um to, uh, it is an, an in-hole <laughs> primarily it she did, she yes, did it see is. it was primarily an in-hole and yeah. I was like is it okay. um, yeah, I don't know how that flies in the McLeish household anyway uh, she's down you your butt plug etc etc and I look at her, I look up at him chagrined and mortified and he's smirking at me what I demand still horrified and now also paranoid to which he replies oh babe I wouldn't worry about that You've been farting in your sleep for weeks. Fuck's sake. Moral of the story, don't bother holding in, ladies. It's going to come out one way or another. So there we go. <laughs> a story about flatulence, a story about farting in your sleep, a story about butt plugs, and whether they were actually used or not. Um, and also a story about from another perspective here. Guys, I mean, I know we hold it in for a while, do we? I've never farted in front of Lena. There you go. Well, she'll tell you I have, but I tell her they're it's all not medical. Squeaky. It's a squeaky yeah, thing. It's all, it's all medical issues. It's nothing to do yeah. with uh, actually farting. It's the seagull. It's the seagull, yeah. in, the, it's the seagull in the loft. Um, You've got to keep up the illusion of romance. The um, illusion of romance. Is this yeah. in your wedding speech? Uh, it is now. <laughs> see how well that flowed. I've, I've called my groom's speech the... Illusion of romance. <laughs> do I have to write a speech? Yes. Fuck off. You do have Why? to do a speech. Because you have I to do a speech. Lo- 
and your speech can't be no your speech this is this is the con about this your speech can't what is supposed to what typically is not supposed to take shots at anyone else your your speech is supposed to be there to thank everyone from coming yeah your speech is easy as fuck man everyone else's speech though but everyone else's speech is designed to attack you to be fair fair. Whoever's they, doing the speech will just need to play one of these episodes, and that'll be more embarrassing than anything I else. Got, so. I got asked to like, I'll give you, a, I'll give you a cringe story. I've only ever been a best man once, and it was to my best friend, right? And he asked me, well, I see he asked me to do it. It was between me and coming the bottle, Mark. Um, maybe a slow year think, that year for friendship, <laughs> and he made us draw. He, basically, we he didn't know who he didn't want to pick between the two of us. Although I'm going to say how he didn't. No, to pick me over the fucking dude with a bottle full of jizz in his cupboard is slightly worrying, but well, that's another story for another time. I uh, made this like draw from the hat. One person would speak at the ceremony, the other person would be the best man. I picked the best man, so I was his best man. He's my best friend, I want to stress that. So, uh, I mean, it kind of worked out nice for me. So, I, I like, I, he, he fucking, he conned me. He's a fucking, he's a, He's a big, tall, sexy bastard to begin with, right? And Basil Back is up here. He's a he's a tall glass of fuck, right? And um, he conned me because in advance, he's like, one of the favours we're going to do is we're going to do um, CDs of the speeches from the wedding. I was like, oh, that's brilliant. And so <laughs> arrived at his house, record our speeches in it. So Dave knows my best man's speech before I do it and thus has prepared his speech, which comes... Before my speech, right? So I'm fucked, right? Um, so in his speech, he, he fucking destroys me in advance, right? So I then get to my speech. And I thought it was a, it was a tough crowd, right? I'm just going to say it was a tough crowd. Like, I'm hitting out with the old classics because I'm using the internet to help me because most of the stories I want to tell about Dave, I can't tell in front of his family, right? Or at least that's the way it was perceived. I probably should have done them. So I'm doing like all the silly fucking textbook jokes, you know, Dave was so ugly as a child, they had to tie a chew dog around him, so, yeah, a chew toy around him so the dog would play him. <laughs> right, you know, that's hor- horrible fucking bombing shit, but it gets even worse because no one in the room laughs at anything, like, at all. I've never watched, he's got, he's got apparently a DVD of the, the thing, and I'll never look back at it. And I was getting nervous leading up to it, and his dad, who is the greatest dude in the world, is getting, is plying me with drink all day, so I am pissed. Right, I am petting out there. Oh, I So I start doing my speech and um, I get to the, the old day. Uh, Dave was so ugly as a child that to tie a chew toy around him so the dog would play him. Silence, right? I hear his grandmother say, that's not true. <laughs> right? And then I hear in the background, Mark, come in the bottle, dude, right? Uh, in the back... Slap his leg, think this is hilarious. The joke I've told, he's the only one that laughs at my jokes throughout the whole thing. And his family, um, well, his older family, are mortified about the textbook jokes of nothing bad. Like, nothing bad. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, making honest. Like, all this pish. All the shit jokes. Like, fucking bombed horribly. And then we come to Dave's speech. Like, Dave's speech eviscerates me. It's like all this, you know, like it's just a, it's just a fucking perfect. It's the perfect speech. It's the perfect speech from the perfect fucking guy and the perfect fucking wedding, and it's fucking destroyed me. And I'm standing there with my dick in the hand, like some useless bastard that can't write a joke and can't be funny, even though there's fucking 
thousands of hours of me speaking without an issue on the cuff with nothing written down you know all this fucking ad libbing shit and just being like generally charming and funny not in that speech it's about fucking 10 minutes of horrendous fucking non-funny shite and it was in front of the room full of his family mostly and her family um, and my bandmates and I bombed horribly I'm glad I asked (laughs) <laughs> your job is easy when it came to when it came to uh, my, your speech will be fine when it came to my wedding Dave was my best man right and Mark who was invited to my wedding didn't show up because he was invited to my wedding and then five weeks after being invited to my wedding booked a holiday to Florida which he told me he didn't realise actually conflicted with the dates for my wedding so sadly wasn't there um, and then I stopped talking to him for a couple of years but you know he sadly wasn't there and uh, Dave did the speech Dave's best man speech you were at that wedding bass fucking hilarious yep. yeah. like still fucking destroyed me again and I'm like it's not fair it's not fair and my speech was all like thanks to this person thanks to that and Dave gets up rips into my driving which granted is it's fair game because I'm a bad driver. Um, my fucking dress sense, how I met my wife, my dancing, my taste in things in general. Just like a lot. You got you to do the shovel. Got to do the shovel, which there is a photo of me doing like like pretending to shovel dance, right? And I'm wearing a kilt, and there is a there's a fucking great photo. I'll post it somewhere, maybe in the chat, of me mid shovel, and clearly my kilt is way up in the air, and everyone's seen my dick. Right, there's, there's no way there's not because there's people on the front row that are clearly looking at me. They're just like, you know, the shot face as my cock and balls are right in the uh, And I'm sure he did that because he knew I would shame myself. He's a fucking, he's an evil genius. I, evil uh, genius. I have only been a best man once, but I have made a best man speech twice. Do tell that. The one, um, the one where I was the actual best man was uh, my mate Milky's wedding. He was my best man. But he got married first. And uh, my speech was an absolute goddamn triumph. I had prizes and everything I gave out. <laughs> my speech was it was legendary. Then um, <laughs> there was a bit as well. I had a story about Milky losing his virginity, right? <laughs> but I, about a week or two previous to the wedding, I'd been over at his house to, uh, I think it was to try on all my kilt and all that for the, the best man thing. And his, uh, his wife-to-be, Vicky, was there. So I said to her at the time, I didn't know any of Vicky's family, a family off of Hamilton. And I didn't know any oh, of them right. at all. So I says, uh, can I make a joke about him losing his virginity or is that just something that doesn't happen? Because I would do it, do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and she's oh, like, no, no, absolutely oh, fucking not. Absolutely fucking not. I'm like, right, okay, right, fine. Okay, right, you don't need to keep getting on about it. <laughs> I won't do that, right? It's trying to be reasonable. Oh, God, right, all right then. So, uh, but I, I mean, I did this thing at the wedding when I, when I was doing my speech. I started leading up to it as if it was the story about him losing his virginity. I said, I've, I've known Milky for years, you know, and been friends a long, long time, and I've been there for a lot of the things that happened, you know, in his life, you know, big things, you know, and I led it on and on and on and on, and I could see it, Vicky kept looking over, and I could she was getting physically fucking angry, because she thought he's going to tell this fucking story, 
And then I made that a bit his first old firm game that he'd come to me, me kind of things, you know what I mean? And the, you could see him like, fucking got you, Vicky. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> so that, that was the speech with fucking guns, ping pong balls and all that. It was amazing. <laughs> but the, <clears throat> the first time I did it was my mate Mark. Uh, and... Mark's not wedding. the guy that comes in a bottle, just gonna stress, not the guy that no, comes in a bottle. God, no, 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 different no, Mark. Different, a school friend of mine. And uh, Mark's actual wedding was very small, it was him and his wife and their direct family, so even I wasn't at the wedding kind of thing. And then he had a um, like a, a big party reception thing at night, and everybody went to that, and all the speeches were all done at that. So his actual best man was his brother who is quite a bit older than him and lived down in London and all that, and he didn't have all of the kind of best man type like jokes and stories and all that kind of stuff. So Mark had asked me if I would do a speech as well as his brother doing one kind of thing, and I was like, I don't bother. So I got up and did this fucking best man speech. And I offended all his wife's family. <laughs> <laughs> there, there may have been some anti-Catholic stuff in it, which did not. <laughs> there may have been. There may have been. I, I, I mean. then offended all of Mark's family, the ones that were there, uh, <laughs> because I basically said they were all in the clan. <laughs> I then upset most of the women that I hadn't already upset by some of the sexist stuff I was saying. Then I upset three of the guys on the statue, one of whom actually, the first time Mark saw him after the wedding, said if I hadn't been for Mark's wedding, he would have checked my cunt in for what I said. <laughs> now, in fairness, in fairness, we're all in the stag do in Newcastle, and this guy is up the road with an old lady. He literally <laughs> loved to an old woman on the stag do, right? So I had a couple of jokes about this. But I knew for a fact the sleek little bastard had a girlfriend back in Glasgow that he lived with. So I went up to him before it all and I was like, listen there, I've got a couple of jokes about things on the stag do. I, said, I do not want to get you into trouble. And are you is your girlfriend here? And he's like, no, no, I'm just here knowing. And I was like, right. I said, because it's just, it was jokes that might get you into trouble with your girlfriend. He's like, no, no, man, go for it, go for it. I was like, okay then. <laughs> and I basically said, you know, that the stag do hadn't been all it was cracked up to be and that some of the guys even did some work for charity. This boy over here did some stuff for help the age. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, ah, I bet as well try to get taxis up the road. Apart from this fella here who got a stand up stair lift. <laughs> Anyway, basically by the time I finished annihilating everybody in this fucking room, I was, I was coming off the stage and like fucking milk is really like And I looked down and uh, Phyllis, who was a, one of the bar managers that Mark had worked three years before, was sat at a table right next to where I had been doing the speech. And she was sitting with this girl who I had seen coming in and who'd kind of caught my eye when she came into the wedding. And I was like, ah, 
do you know what? Fuck it. Nobody in here is talking to me. I'm just going to go and sit with Phyllis and see if I can talk to this girl. And I married her. That's, that's, <laughs> Colette, that's Colette, wow. ladies and gents. That's how I met Colette. That's how we met Colette. That's mad. Because she was one of two people left in that reception <laughs> that was willing to talk to me. That Baz had completely offended me, Reed. Yeah, you want that over the moon about the anti-Catholic stuff I've got to say, <laughs> but I want around. I want around. Oh man! <laughs> All right, well, well let's let's stick with Baz here. Uh, the but, the uh, clan uh, stuff was fucking hilarious as well. I've got to say, I'm sorry. Look, are, they, uh, Matt's... From, are they from? Is it Virginia or is it Georgia? Uh, no, Alabama. Oh, oh no, that is clan territory then. Right? <laughs> oh that's, yeah, that's yeah. Mark and his brothers. Were literally the first generation of his family not to be in the clan. <laughs> like going back about five generations or something like that, right? So, but none of his family had come over from the States. Now, Mark doesn't fucking talk to them or take anything to do with them. His dad was still alive at the time, but he lived in Scotland. So, his dad was there. And I knew his dad well. I'd known him for fucking years. And um, I, was like, <laughs> I was like that. I mean, obviously, there are some folk missing from the wedding, you know, Pauline, her father can't be here, he died a number of years ago and blah, 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 you know, I'm sure we're all thinking about him and all that. You know, a lot of Mark's family aren't here. Um, obviously, they're over there in, in Alabama. Um, and you probably know they're not here because there was no burning crosses outside. <laughs> As she came in, I said, but to be quite honest, we shouldn't be making jokes about it because... They're all really quite upset by this, you know, um, whole situation here, you know, uh, Mark marrying outside the family. <laughs> <laughs> Especially this is, this is like cousin Betty Jo or something like that without a husband and all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's good shit. It's gold, man. I've got lots of this stuff. Oh, man. Oh, oh fucking hell. Yeah, anyway, got a wife with it, so... you got a wife with it, so it can't can be all that bad. Right, there's only one news story left before we switch to Baz's, uh, Baz's story of the evening, which has now changed, apparently, again. It's changed about three times, but I'm going with the classic. Well, gonna, you're going to go with the classic. Right, Scott, you um, you have a news story still to tell us, sir, that you posted the snippet of what was about to make sure no one had the same story. And I'll be honest, I, it did give me a wry chuckle um, just from the, the, the brief the brief description. The floor is yours, sir. Give us your weird news story. Yeah, so well, I'm going to uh, start the story by telling you how I came across the story. And I was in work and I had a, a small amount of time where I was on the, the computer and I wasn't doing, I was doing, you know, I, I was working, but <laughs> I also came across the story at the same time. <laughs> Hey, that man's but, a health service fucking hero. Shut your face and show a bit of respect for him. So, so I seen it. I seen the headline and I thought the headline itself. I was like, wow, that's it. That's the one for me for for the next episode of Jaws. That is bonkers as fuck. And I thought, right, what am I going to do? Well, I try and save the link and funny about me as a uh, we're doing the recording. No, because the boys always laugh at me at that. So what I'll do is I'll copy this. I'll paste it in a word document and I'll print it. Now. All the printers in, in the work have all been updated to these like, remote <laughs> printers that they only just plugged into the computer. They're like Wi-Fi and whatever. You need to make sure you always get the right printer. And I, it was, I, I set it, printer in office, and it somehow just decides to fucking choose whatever printer I want. And I always forget to set it again. So I'm sitting, copy and paste this, click print, 
sitting waiting. My printer does nothing. The phone <laughs> rings and I see it's the manager's office because <laughs> the phones are also fucking all weird. And I pick up and I was like, uh, hello? He's like, Scott, did you, uh, did you print something? I was like, uh, <laughs> I think, yeah, I, 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 might, I, I might have done. Let me just come to take that, to take that your way. So anyway, the uh, the headline for that story that fell in, in my, my uh, boss's office was, Chinese man almost dies after inserting a 20 centimetre eel into his rectum. <laughs> I had to try and explain why I was doing it. Why I was printing on company time. <laughs> so anyway, the story oh, is... service hero! <laughs> People applauded you for like nine months. I love it. It's fucking amazing. I'm going to applaud you right now, actually. Absolutely. Did he read it? Do we know? Did he read Did he stop at the headline? Yeah, yeah, no, I think he, no, it's it's pretty much all there. He he read it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he was off. Uh, he was uh, off today, and he's off on Monday. So we'll find out uh, on Tuesday <laughs> what he thinks of it. <laughs> uh, anyway, so let's see what all you think of it. Now, a Chinese man nearly died after allegedly inserting a wiggling eight-inch eel into his backside to treat his constipation. The live fish bit through the man's colon before getting stuck in his abdomen. The unnamed patient, I unnamed, of course he is, again, they don't want to name themselves, no. these fucking Asian folk don't want to admit to their fucking nonsense, do they? The unnamed patient claimed he decided to use the creature to solve his bowel problems after following a folk remedy. Fucking, just go and get some Senecot, what are you playing at? <laughs> fucking hell. Reheat your rice, that does it as well. <laughs> Enough of that. Doctors operated to remove the eel, which was still alive, but one, yep, but one, the man could have died from hemolysis when red blood cells are destroyed, caused when bacteria from the large intestine reaches the abdomen. That's pretty much when your shit gets outside where it's supposed to be in it, yeah. and the rest of the bit where it's not supposed to be. The news That's came medical after, right there. <laughs> the news came to light after the man sought medical attention at a hospital in Xinhai, East China's Jiangsu province for severe abdominal pain. He initially avoided seeking medical attention for the pain because he was, air quotes, shy. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Uh, also, I'd just like to point out here that there's no scientific evidence to support the folk remedy that the man was following. I thought you were going to say there was no scientific evidence to, 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 to assure that he was shy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, Another uh, another Chinese man, said to be in his 50s, followed the folk remedy last year, inserting a 16-inch eel into his rectum. That live fish tore through the man's intestines before dying and getting stuck in his abdomen for a week. <laughs> Fuck's sake, man. The news came to light after this, the man sought medical attention at the Huangjiang Hospital in Dongguang, Guangdong Province. This right here is my favourite thing that's happened on the show. This is my favourite thing. Due to abdominal pain, doctors removed the fish in emergency surgery and said the man's organs had been severely affected, been filled with waste matter. That is shit. If anybody's wondering, <laughs> man was treated in intensive care for three days before being discharged. Also last year, a man got a ten-inch chopstick lodged in his belly after inserting it to his backside out of curiosity. <laughs> The 68-year-old man from Hubei claimed that he was interested in checking his backside after developing piles. The patient was discharged from hospital in late May after medics removed the metal stick from the pensioner's intestines. That is what's been happening in China. 
I, I, I don't, I don't actually. I, I'm going to have to do it, but I'm hoping we can skip through this right to Bazzi's story. Anyone got any stories about inserting something into their anus? Um, no hands seem to be going up. That's got a suppository in my butt once. <laughs> that's oh, really? Yes. Yeah. That's good to know. Weird, really weird. <laughs> Just really, really weird. Did that work out for you, yeah? I mean, I guess it did the job that it was supposed to do. <laughs> oh, Boy, my, I've had a colonoscopy. Oh. You had the whole camera crew up there, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, obviously, I'm due one in a couple of years as well. Fucking great. A boy at my school once told me that if you put your finger up your ass just before you came, you would shit it so high it would hit the <laughs> ceiling. And I've always been feared to do it, so I've never put it in my ass <laughs> in case I killed somebody. <laughs> Such a story, that. Oh, yeah. you get, no, you, you get you get the distance by squeezing your PC muscle. You can you can train it. You know, you squeeze your PC muscle like a couple times. See if you do it enough and hold it tight for like long enough. It feels you know like that like how tired your abs get after like pumping the iron for a while. You get the same feeling in your... <laughs> Do any of us know yes, yes. I, I don't know if you've recently <laughs> looked upon my physique, but I know exactly the experience you're talking about of the pumping the iron, as you say. Um, well versed, well versed, Scott. Jesus Christ. Uh, right, um, that's all our news stories done. We have done our work by doing listener emails, which means this is the final segment of the show. I know what you're thinking, guys. Oh, we can't be here already. Yes, we are. Which means it is time for Baz's story, which I don't know how many chains it has actually changed on this recording, but Baz, the floor is yours. Uh, what are we doing this month? Today's story has a culinary bent to it, Duncan. Oh, nice. Mm. Um, as some listeners may or may not know, uh, my father was a chef. Mm-hmm. God rest his soul. Um, and my father was a very good chef, a very experienced chef. Um, and as a result, as a young man, I was able to, to get jobs in the catering industry <clears throat> because apparently they seemed to think it was genetic in some way. It's in the genes, it's in the genes, you know science. So anyway, I did a job when I was about 15, I think, in one of the hotels, um, and just doing the dishwashing and stuff like that. And I had gone back there the summer I left school before I went to uni the first time. And that particular hotel, they had three chefs. There was a head chef, a second chef, and then just a commie chef, who's like your kind of trainee one. And they were struggling to get a commie chef this year. And the, the... the chef, the head chef who'd been there for donkey's years was this wonderful old guy called Matt Craig. An absolute legend. He knew my dad well. They'd worked together for years back in the day and all that. And there was three very kind of well-known chefs in the room. My dad was one. John Napier was another. And this old guy, Matt Craig. Matt Craig was a raging alcoholic. Right. <laughs> so anyway, they couldn't get this chef. He had said to the family who owned the hotel at the time, Maybe Barry could do it. We should offer him Barry kind of thing. So they came and they said to me, would you be interested in doing the commie chef job? And I, at this point, I had no cooking experience at all. Uh, but it was like, I don't know, it was like 20 quid more a week or something like that in my pay packet, which back then was quite a bit. And I was like, oh, I, I'll fucking do that. And I got a wee uniform and all that, you know. <laughs> so I uh, took it like a duck to water. 
and that was quite the thing. Now, Matt, by this point, would have been in his early 70s, so he, he should have retired, but had carried on working to support his, his crippling drink problem, right? <laughs> but because of this, he tended not to work the mornings very often. He, he wouldn't really do the breakfast shift. That would normally be me and the second chef. And Matt would only do them on the two days where me or Davey were off. So he would essentially cover the breakfast and our days off. But the rest of the week, it was us that would do it. So this particular day, David, the, the second chef, I think his day off was a Sunday. So Matt and I would do the breakfast on a Sunday morning. Now, by this point, I was about 17, I think. And I just sort of started getting out into the pubs and the clubs of the noon kind of thing, underage, obviously. And that first summer, a good friend of mine, David Smith, his dad was a sea captain. So his mum had go- gone out to spend like, the summer on the ship with her husband kind of thing. So David and his sister had this big, massive fucking house to themselves. So I was... Every fucking weekend, I was like, Mum, I'm just going to stay at David's house and watch videos tonight, Mum. And of course, I was out on the fucking lash the entire time. So this was the summer where I really discovered drink. And uh, this particular morning, I wakes up in David's house. So I've been out to fuck knows when in the morning. And I'm supposed to be in the, the, the hotel about quarter to seven or something inhuman like that to start cooking. So this is David's day off. So it's me and Matt, the head chef. I sleep in by about an hour. Oh, shit. So Matt, as I say, he was the loveliest guy, right? But he had in the morning, and I mean the morning, he had to have two cans of special brew. <laughs> or he was a fucking demon, right? <laughs> so this particular morning, I've slept in. Matt has basically had to cook the whole fucking breakfast for 120 guests on his own. Not only has he not had his two cans of special brew, he's not even had a fag by this point, right? And this was the day when you used to smoke in the kitchen. Right? He's been so fucking busy. He's not even had time to light a fag. He is fucking seething by the time. Now, I run the... The Esplanade Hotel was in the, the promenade at what they call the West Bay Endenoon, right? So it, it, there's this huge row of big Victorian hotels and the beach is right in front of them. And there's no road, it's just like the promenade bit. And David's house was just past that in what's called Bullwood. So I had ran to his house, uh, from his house rather, to this hotel. Best part of a fucking mile. Hung over the shit, probably still quite drunk, to be quite honest. Sweat's pissing at me, burst in the fucking door. Max fucking psychotic to this point. And just do it back because he knew what was wrong. Why I knew he's like, this wee bastard's been out in the drink and he's fucking slept in. So normally with the breakfast, we would prepare all the stuff in what was called the top kitchen. And it was just like a raised section of the kitchen where all the cookers and everything were. And in the lower bottom kitchen, there was the ban Marie's that kept everything hot, and that's where you served from. So normally, 
uh, I would do the serving and Matt would do all the cooking up the top. So I would start serving out the breakfast, blah, blah, blah. And when I needed more stuff, I would shout up to Matt, I need more eggs, Matt, you know, it would come down. This day, just out of fucking badness, because he knows the state I'm in, he's like that, I've had to do the whole fucking thing myself. You get up into that fucking top kitchen, I'm serving this one, because that's the cushy job, is serving, obviously, you know. I'm all right, I'm sorry, Matt, I'm sorry, so I'm up in the top kitchen, right? So, I've got four big industrial ovens <laughs> belching out heat, because they're warming up. Because as soon as breakfast done, we need to start preparing the stuff for lunch. So they're all fucking warming up, right? <laughs> to my right, I have a proper industrial grill where we are cooking bacon and kippers. Oh, <laughs> my God. Jesus Christ. And I have in front of me, I have this frying pan. Now, it was about 18 inches in diameter. <laughs> so you can imagine the size of this fucking thing two big handles and there's about an inch and a half of oil in it and that so you could cook like about 18 eggs at one time in this thing you know and they would like completely submerge in the oil so the top would cook at the same time and all this right so he started serving straight up he's like i need more eggs <laughs> is that right I'm, I'm just coming matt i'm just coming right so he's there's already some cooking so i basically just served these up the sweat is Pushing out to this point, like you feel the booze oozing out my barely pubescent fucking body, right? I'm like, oh, this is fucking terrible. You up your fucking murder, right? I've got the borderline retarded kitchen porter trying to fucking toast bread to my right as well, right? So he's like, just main eggs, I need main eggs, right? Okay, I'm fucking coming, right? So I'm breaking, I'm doing like four eggs at a time. Breaking them into this thing, right? The pan smoke belching out this fucking pan, right? The 18 eggs I've given him, they, they vanish. And he's now screaming for the more, which aren't anywhere near fucking ready, right? Well, I'm just coming, they won't belong, they won't belong now. And uh, all I can see is like little bubbles in the fat and bits breaking off the egg and just this fucking smell. Just wafting up and the kippers are cooking away and heat here and heat coming up, my boss are roasting. <laughs> my, I feel fucking terrible. But I'm cooking away. And with this big pan, you would kind of hold the two handles and gently kind of like create little waves in the oil so they would go over the top of fucking eggs. And right out of fucking nowhere, I throw up into this fucking pan. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> like coughing and spitting and back up. Nobody has seen this happen. Right? Nobody saw this happen. Because oh, most of the staff are in the lower kitchen, so they can't see up to the level that I'm cooking, right? Just fucking staring. Main eggs! <laughs> and it, the, the bomb is now cooking. On the fucking oh. all right. Oh, oh no, man. Oh, occasionally you can see a little odd yolk or two just fucking poking through this crusty fucking rim that's forming on top of that. What the fuck am I going to do? So it looks as though there's the waste disposal, right? So I just fucking hit that and I throw the whole fucking lot 
into this weight, waste disposal thing, like boiling oil and everything, just fucking doing it right. <laughs> Slams it back, doing big canister of oil, like all the rings right up as hot as I can, get the fucking oil in. And I've basically got to fucking start again. As you can imagine, the pan was not, it's not what you call sterile at this point in time. I mean, there's, there's still quite a lot of vomit. On it. Oh, Particularly the bits that have kind of crusted around the oh, edge. When it was really hot. You know? Buzz. I was battering the eggs into this fucking. <laughs> Oh, this old alky bastard is going insane by this point because <laughs> the egg. So I, I basically served up about 18 eggs that were barely cooked, right? <laughs> part fried, part kind of boiled in bile. Right? But they're, I mean, they're really, they're, they're not fucking, they're nowhere near cooked properly, right? But I mean, as I'm handing the tree down, I am picking bits of cooked vomit off. <laughs> Set the whole lot out. <laughs> I've literally, honestly, of all the stories that have been told yeah. on this show from people on here, I have never seen more mortification in your co host than I have right now. Yeah. Yeah. I've been doing hotel breakfast. Uh, I've been doing health, health and safety learn pros for the last couple of days trying to work through them for, for get to make Dr. Jed's hot sauce legit. And the the detail they're getting, you know, all the different, you know, cleanliness and the hygiene and all the different diseases you can catch. And it's like, I think that the people who have made this would even even think for a second that somebody would spew up in a frying pan and then serve <laughs> from that frying pan. With the uh, 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 <laughs> I, I don't uh, think we've even considered that that would be an option. It was, a, it was a different time, Scott. A different time. It was, um, do you know that was before you even had to do the, you know the, the generic food hygiene thing you have to do if you have yeah. any kind of. It was before even that. I did that about two years later, I think, when I went back to go. I, I went back working that delegate. Um, did anybody ever find on. out? Did, you, did, is it, did no. anybody ever find out? At the Hopefully time? not. No. Wow. No. The story's been told a few times in like yeah. my mate Colin and that who were waiters at the time now are aware. But um no nobody found out. Aye, aye, breakfast that day. <laughs> <laughs> it's not one of these it's not one of these things either where the staff get you know, like the staff get fed as well. Oh, for yeah, fuck's yeah, sake, Baz, you rank bastard. We'd all we'd all have a communal breakfast. Oh Jesus. That's I had just scrambled eggs that morning. Fuck, I'm getting into that, man. Oh, 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 you would not believe that the, what was it? Not that that was acceptable by any means. I was stretching it even for them. <laughs> um, the stuff that was, nobody back the island. Like, I can remember the fucking, the bosses coming into the kitchen and we would be smoking in the kitchen. Well, that was a lot through me. Like, when you, uh, like, I, I started to get a little bit of the, the, the cringe when you were like that. That's back in the days where people just smoked in the kitchen. I was like, oh, that, and I didn't realise we were going there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they used to, as long as we smoked, like, by the window, <laughs> that was all right. Well, you know, you'd be sitting there in the morning around the kitchen table and the staff doing a bit of an ashtray or even all that. I remember cutting meat, a bag hanging out my mouth, and ash falling onto the meat, the big meat slicer thing, and just rinsing it under the tap. Fuck 
I can't believe you've made me feel bogging for being sick on my own belly. And you've been sick <laughs> into a thing and served up I to a hotel full of people. This is how this is how you know that. But like, listen, don't. I know sometimes he comes across as fairly aloof, but this guy's a pro. He heard that story. He could have trumped your story with that story, and he was like, "That, not this month." And he just held it back. He just Gonna held give it the back. wee man this one. <laughs> he's, he's a tactician in all these recordings. There you go, oh, ladies and gents. That is a. Uh, was that what you'd originally planned, or is that one that you've substituted in? No, the I'm trying to think what the original one. The original one wasn't actually a story of mine. It was a story about a friend of mine and something that happened there one time. It then changed to when Another a one of them. It, it changed to when a bump. <laughs> When Scott told the story about burning his cock with the iron, yeah, it's changed then to the two completely separate occasions when I burnt my penis in that kitchen, <laughs> and that then triggered the memory of vomiting. And oh, I've never told the frying pan story. I'll roll that one out. There we go. That's how we got so there. We, we've got future stories of uh, of burnt penises on the horizon, yeah. somewhere yeah, down yeah. the road. Somewhere You've got the story of the train tracks burnt down the middle of my penis and the the one where um fuck it, I'm just gonna tell it. That this was same hotel. Is that too far? But is that too like far? Uh, it, it was a good few years later. I, I was a, I'd gone back to uni by this point and um I'd gone down in the summer. And my dad's like that. My dad was now working in that hotel as the head chef. And he's like, oh, they're looking for a waiter. Get away down. Um, all right, okay. So he goes in and it's the family that owned it again. And obviously they know me, you know, I'm going to work there on a number of occasions. Well, well they, they like, knew you, but they didn't really know. Nah, <laughs> yeah. And, um, but fucking typhoid I, Mary of the moon there. He's on the pan. I had uh, I'd never worked with my dad there. He had started in the years when I had gone. So I had to go for this fucking interview with um, Mrs. Mrs. T, who was the, the owner's wife. Uh, married to Mr. T by any chance who pitied the fool. Well, I'm probably going to blurt her name out. They're still, right. still about the two. Right, let's, let's not. Anyway, the, the interview things aside, so I got a job as a waiter this time, and it was the first year I'd ever been a waiter in the place, and there was a great big urns where you would fill like, coffee pots and teapots and stuff like that, so these boiling water urns, and um, I had gone in this fucking day, so I'm busy, busy, and then the other waitress, Agnes the head waitress was there. I loved Agnes to bits. She was fucking hilarious. Like she was like your ma and your dirty auntie all old into one, do you know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, I had turned this thing on and gone away to do something else as the pot was filling and I'd forgotten about it and it started to overflow. So I fucking ran and like, I hit the thing to turn it off, you know, like me to get off the big skin. And I kind of caught the lip of the pot thing and it rocked. And thank Christ it never fully tipped, but some of the water sloshed over and landed in my groin. There's like boiling water in my groin. I'm like, ah! It's on my body. And I'm trying to fucking pull my trousers away from my penis. And it's no working. It's not working. And I was like, I need, to, I need to go water on. So the next time, I am fucking just 
drop everything. <laughs> I am standing there in a pristine white shirt, little tartan tie, <laughs> and my black trousers are at my ankles, as are my texts. And Mrs. T, who had interviewed me previously, now she was like 60 odds by this point, comes running into the kitchen because she heard the screams from the office. And I am standing there, bollock naked, just looking up with a huge pink area where everything's all dark. But the bottom bit of my stomach, the tops of my thighs, and my oh. booby. Oh, bright pink. Oh. She just looked at me, what are you doing, Barry? What do you think you're playing at? Above my penis. (laughs) (laughs) I nearly ripped half my pubes out as well. Because see when I tried to pull the trousers away? And it's that way. They're never getting far enough away from you. I'd get pulling and pulling, but I'd like handfuls of my pubes caught in my trousers. <laughs> Fucking what a mess I was in, man. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. I was never That was a that. totally different day, you know? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, ladies and gents, this is what you come back for. This is what you come back for right here. Let's uh, let's bring this in. Let's bring this in. We've been running almost two and a half hours in nonsense <laughs> shenanigans. Um, we will be back in a month's time. Uh, we will have more of this for you. Thank you very much for all the love and support. Numbers are looking great. Not that I'm obsessing over download numbers, but uh, plenty of you guys are, are checking out the show. And I can also tell the unique downloads. I know that people are coming back for a second dose on certain episodes. So you're hearing your faves and you're coming back to check them out again. It makes me very fucking happy. What is uh, wrong with you people? I don't know. <laughs> I honestly don't know. Like There are times when I hear things, I'm like, that's a really funny story. I would imagine wanting to listen to that back. And then there's other times that I hear stories about vomiting a fryer, and I'm like, why would anyone want to listen to this more than once? Yeah, that one's a, that one's a fucking keeper. <laughs> that's a keeper. The police will be listening back to that to try and to trace back and see who is ill. That day who, who they died? Breakfast for the hotel. <laughs> the botulism outbreak in fucking Danoon. The fucking plague doctor in Danoon <laughs> cutting about just digging everybody. <laughs> oh man, oh, man. I, I totally needed this. I totally needed this. It's good to catch up and, and <laughs> talk about some fucking horrible, repugnant shit. Um, right, let's go round us all. We're going to be back in one month's time anyway. Thanks very much for all the support. Remember, you can send in your listener messages. Let's, I know there's been a Vaughn one and a farting one. Jesus Christ. Um, give us some weird stories, weird things that have happened to you. Um, and they don't have to be of a sexually depraved and or like bodily function sort of merit remit thing. They can be something else. If you've been abducted by aliens, we want to hear from you. <laughs> like, if you spent the summer, you know, in an Al-Qaeda training camp and you, you came back with stories, well, let us know. Anything weird that's happened to you, send it to regrettablepod at gmail.com. It'll be read out on the next episode. But for the last time in this episode, we're going to go round us all and say goodbye. Let's start off with Scott. Say goodbye to the listeners, please. See you later, guys. Baz, say goodbye to the listeners, please. 
Manana, bitches. Liam, say goodbye to the listeners, please. Goodbye, listeners. And from me, until the next time we speak to you, one month's time from now, this is Duncan from Jaws' Shite and Other Regrettable Outbursts, and we will speak to you next time.